0: Welcome back, everybody, to Coastal Covers. This is the GCG coming at you with my buddy, Mike. What is up, Mike? Hello, nerds. (laughs) Uh, We are coming at you with another conference here in FBS football, the final conference in our quest to bring you an over-under, a breakdown for every single team, every single conference. We have gone through the entire G5 And now we are going to be finishing up the power five today. We are on the SEC, the big dog of college football, um, where basically the national championship uh, winning team comes from pretty much every single year. Uh, What do you think about the SEC, Mike?
1: Yeah, obviously they're the most dominant conference. They have uh, the two powerhouses in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, After that, it's kind of a race for third. Usually there's not really another great team in this conference uh, but you have a lot of good teams, uh, probably about seven or eight of them. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody can rise up and and challenge the throne. But I don't really see it this year. Now, when they bring in uh, Texas and Oklahoma in a couple of years, are they going to compete? Maybe Oklahoma. I don't know about Texas. The way they've been going, though, man, it's tough. Because like you know, like you said, there's so many. Like I have
0: one team with a losing record. A couple of these teams I have at even six and six, five hundred football. And then I have a bunch of seven and five and eight and fours. And, you know, I don't know where I see Texas really falling into the mix with all that, but like Oklahoma, I see falling into the, the, the eight and four bracket. Like you just have, like, I pretty much see them right around Oklahoma. So I just see them both becoming another one of the middle of the pack. And that's the thing. Like you always hear about, especially in basketball, like, Oh, LeBron James doesn't have X amount of MVPs because of voter fatigue. And like, you know, that's what you always hear about is voter fatigue. You know, Steve Nash winning the two because everyone was tired of the, you know, what, Kobe winning MVPs and shit, you know, right. or Shaq winning MVPs, right. you know. I, I think that's kind of what you get now is is everybody's just sick of the national champion coming from the SEC. Everybody's sick of Bama winning every year. Um, everybody's sick of Georgia and Alabama playing two times a year in the SEC championship and then in the college football playoff. like. I think
1: it is. I think it just wears you down and it makes you just kind of frustrated with this entire conference. It really does. Uh, and then if Oklahoma, another thing too is like teams like Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, if they don't, if they don't rise to the top of the conference they're those are such tradition programs. And then they're just going to be kind of followed a mediocrity possibly and go like seven and five or six and six, you know, and it's kind of, I mean, uh, sure they could potentially be better than that, but it's, it, you know, you'll see Oklahoma hasn't won a conference championship in 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's weird.
0: Well, I mean, you know how we feel about that whole thing in general. I mean, they belong in the Big 12. Like all right. their teams that they're rivals with are in the Big 12. The only thing that's exciting about it is you get to see Texas play AM again. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I like watching the AM play Texas Tech more than I like watching them play know. <laughs> Texas Longhorns. So I don't know. Um, We'll get into it here. This this has been a tough conference to break down. We're still going to give you a play for every single team in the conference. And uh, there's there's a couple we do like, um, including my favorite over under out of all of them that we've done. Um, every single team, 131 Ooh. teams, my favorite is in this conference. Deer, yes. Yeah, and it's with a real piece of shit. coach too. <laughs> But all right. So let's start off with uh, not the most exciting team in the conference. Where would you rank the Vanderbilt Commodores and just like total? Like,
1: would, would you say they're past like 100? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to put things in perspective, we graded out all these teams. Uh, I don't like to give any Power 5 teams anything less than like a C- or a D+. Uh, Vanderbilt has an F plus. Yeah. So I mean, that kind of goes to show how I feel about them, I and I mean, for good reason. Last year, they started off the season at home, getting humiliated by East Tennessee State. I mean, they didn't even score a touchdown in that game <laughs> against East Tennessee State. So I mean, this team has been terrible, and they're not getting any better. In fact, I think they're getting worse. Yeah, and that
0: included a thirty to twenty
1: eight win against
0: UConn. Which, when what week was that game? The UConn game? UConn was week. Five. Edsel might have been fired by them. They I mean, might not even had a coach. They might not have. <laughs> <laughs> so this team, you know, it's kind of clear to see why they are where they are. They're 14th in the conference in 2020 and recruiting uh, 13th in 2021, 14th in 2022. So they're nowhere close to snipping the top of the pack. Um, this year, they're really not bringing much returning production wise. That's It's pretty, you know, average middle of the pack, more or less. Uh, Clark Lee back for year two. So can't be too hard on him. I mean, it was his first year as a head coach, his first year with Vanderbilt. Um, they bring seven back on offense, six back on defense. So, like, there's that. But the offense was worse than 100 in every major major category as far as rating last year. Um, defense, same thing, worse than 100 in every single major category. Uh, what do you see in roster-wise?
1: I mean, it's, it's rough. Uh, they have uh, Mike Gray at quarterback. Uh, he is a running quarterback, but they have a bad offensive line. They have no running back depth. Uh, on the defensive side, they have an okay uh, group of linebackers, Anthony Orgy and <laughs> Ethan Barr, uh, but their defensive line terrible. They're not going to be able to get a pass rush on. Uh, their secondary doesn't have much success either. I mean, it's just a bad team. Uh, you know, and another thing about this team is uh, not, not this year, but next year will be the 100th. Anniversary since the last time they won the SEC. Oh, my God. A hundred years. 1923 was the last time they won the conference. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, how do you you – They're not even competitive. They need to get out of this conference. They do. I mean, just to show last year, okay, so they won that UConn game at home. Sandwiched in between that, they played Georgia and Florida. So, obviously – well, especially Georgia was the national championship last year. But they got outscored in those games 104 to nothing that's that's <laughs> like <he's>, you <yeah. laughs> you know
0: this is like when you're playing NC Dub on PlayStation you know or whatever if you had Xbox back in the day but you know like this is the team that when you finally get your program up to be good enough like say your Southern Miss this is the team you take out of the SEC <laughs> to put your Southern right. Miss Eagles in every time you know um there's there's these teams there's there's Duke at this point honestly there's uh Rutgers yeah this team like there's just teams that you know it's time for you to go to group of five or whatever it's not entertaining it's never going to get any better for these teams you're just going to ruin coaches that take the job to take a power five job and, and, and there's no point to taking it no. Clark Lee, this is his first job he was a coordinator at notre dame and then he took this job and now it's like you're, you're fucked. You're not going to get another like high-profile job for a long, long time. No. You're going to have to go back to being a coordinator or just coaching some G5 team until somebody notices you again. Like It's stupid to even coach these teams. So uh, but There's nobody worth mentioning that you, you didn't mention. There's nobody worth mentioning that you did mention. No, there's really not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. So the over-under Vegas is saying is 2.5. The over is plus 120. The under is minus 140. So they're leaning towards 2 or less. All right, so you start off the season at Hawaii, and then you bring 6-5 and five FCS uh, Elon to town. They're ranked 25th this year, so flashbacks of the East Tennessee State game. Right.
1: <laughs> um, all of that being said, I honestly have this team starting off 2-0. I do too. Uh, those are two very losable games. Uh, <laughs> if Hawaii was week two, I think they'd lose that. But being week one, uh, brand-new coach out in Hawaii, brand-new team, Uh not that this team is anything special but i uh, i think they pick up the win and then they beat elon but uh but that's i'm not confident in either of those honestly i
0: wouldn't be confident if that was elon musk just like versus the entire versus the entire vanderbilt team right like his pudgy self running around out there right um he would probably do better on the d line than the nine total sacks that they had last year
1: nine sacks <laughs> last year yeah that's unbelievable how do, you get, <laughs> how do you get less than one sack a game oh i have no idea that's it's so
0: bad all right so they bring uh wake forest to town and then they go on the road to play northern illinois and alabama i have them dropping all three so do i pretty much pretty much no question there honestly they've only beaten alabama twice since 1969 so there's that. Yeah. And keep in mind, Alabama wasn't always the juggernaut. They no, are they had some bad years. Yeah. I mean, before Saban, there's, there's some bad years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saban's first year, I think they lost at ULM. They did. <laughs> and Southern Miss, I think, was like the year before, the year after. It might have been. Um, all right, then a bye week, and then they have Ole Miss at Georgia at Missouri. I, I got three more losses.
1: I have three more losses, too.
0: A bye week, they get South Carolina at Kentucky. Florida and Tennessee both come to town. I have four more losses. So I have them sneaking a win over South Carolina. So here's my thing. I think this team can catch somebody. I think they got two wins at the beginning of the season, and then you got – Wake Forest, NIU, in South Carolina, basically. I don't know. Whatever. I'm kind of on the over. I'm not betting this, so there's that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on the under 2.5 minus 140, but same like I'm not betting it.
0: (laughs) All right, moving on to something not so boring. Here's the Missouri Tigers. Uh, Returning production-wise, 78% of their defensive production returns from a year ago, good for 31st in the country, so that's good. Uh, Recruiting-wise, some kind of good things happened in there in Missouri. In 2020, they were 50 in, the 50th in the nation, 13th in the conference. 2021, though, up to 27th in the nation, 11th in the conference. So you hear 11th and you think that's bad. But, I mean, 27th in the country. It's almost the top 25. Yeah. <laughs> and then 2022, they were 15th in the country, 6th in the conference. <laughs> Only good for midway through. Uh, Transfer portal, though, 22nd in the country this year. Last year, they went 6-6. Six six. This is Drinkowitz's third year. He is 11 and 12. Keep in mind, COVID years involved in that. Um, six back on offense, eight back on defense, but it was a really, really bad defense. So what do you see there?
1: Yeah, um, on defense, they were 105th last year. Uh, they have their third coordinator in three years. Uh, defense, they have either uh, Blake Baker or DJ Smith. They're kind of trying to uh, figure out between those two. Oh, it's the two coordinator system. That's, yeah. That's been great. Uh, yeah. I don't exactly. know when the team started
0: doing that. Right.
1: Uh, They do have a pretty good defensive line from what I've seen, and they have a bunch of transfers in. So their defense should be improved because you have those guys that started last year, but then you also have some transfers. Uh, On offense, Brady Cook is going to be the quarterback there. Uh, They lost Tyler Batty, which is a huge, huge loss, but they do have some good receivers. Um, Missouri always pumps out some decent receivers. Uh, Toski Dove and a freshman, Luther Burden III, supposed to be a top-tier freshman. He's supposed to start right off the bat. So – There is definitely some uh, promise and some hope with this team. Yeah, I mean, you got five starters back on what was a pretty good offensive line
0: last year. Left tackle Javon Foster's projected second team All SEC, so there's that. Um, Like you said, Luther Batty, he was the number one rated wide receiver in the 2022 recruiting class. So that's a big, big get. Um, uh, Tyler Batty gone, but his backup Elijah Young's back. Nathaniel Parr (laughs) transferred. Transfer heat. I I think it's oh, maybe it's maybe maybe it's a typo on my part. I'm gonna call him pair. Transfers in from Stanford, so that's uh, you know, they used to have good running backs once upon a time, and then they brought in Cody Schrader from Division II Truman State. He rushed for over 2,000 yards last year. That's insane in one year. That's
1: insane.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting, very interesting, at least to like see what he does uh, if he sees the field, what he does. So, um. On a defense, it's it's basically it's all transfers. There's a UNC transfer, Clemson transfer, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Texas AM, Florida, um, and then everything else they bring back's like fairly good, plus a lot of high high profile recruits. This team's really hard to predict because they just they've been recruiting so well that there's there's four stars, you know, and a couple five stars trickled in all over the place. So um we'll see Vegas is saying over under is five and a half, overs plus one hundred, under is minus one twenty. They Start off the season bringing Louisiana Tech to town and then they'll go on the road to play in Manhattan, Kansas against Kansas State. Uh, I got a win and a loss there,
1: yeah, so do I. Pretty, uh, pretty confident in both those picks,
0: yeah. Um, good to see like Missouri and Kansas State playing again. I mean, they used to play all the time in the Big 12, Missouri actually 50, 59 and 33 all time against K State, yeah. So. yeah. Um Then they're going to bring uh, Abilene Christian to town, just five and six in the FCS last year, then go on the road to play Auburn. It is homecoming for Auburn. Uh, I got another win and a loss.
1: Yeah, so do I. I, I'm pretty confident with those as well. All right. And
0: then now another – they pretty much rotate home-and-away games all year. (laughs) They do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Georgia comes to town, and then they go to Florida for homecoming for Florida. Um, Missouri, actually, they beat Florida last year in overtime, 24-23. to Uh, They've beaten Florida three of the last five times they played. Kind of surprising, but I haven't taken two losses. Yeah, I have
1: two losses there as well.
0: They snag a much-needed bye week before uh, preparing for Vanderbilt. (laughs) It's a homecoming for Missouri, second leg of a back-to-back for uh, Vandy. Uh, I got the win there. Easy win for Missouri. And then it's a road trip to South Carolina, and they bring Kentucky to town. That'll be the second leg of a back-to-back for Kentucky. Uh, I got a loss and then a win. I have two losses there. Interesting. Um, And then they will go on the road to uh, Rocky Top to play Tennessee. Tennessee beat the piss out of this team last year. I got them getting the win again.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: And then they finish off the season at home for two straight weeks. They pull in Alabama and bring New Mexico State to town the second to last (laughs) week of the season. Uh, I got a win there. And then I got them beating Arkansas at home, actually. Missouri lost to them last year, but they won the previous five matchups. So I I got them getting it done.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a – that's a tough game. Uh, I have them beating New Mexico State. I do have them losing to Arkansas at home, but uh, to me, that's a pretty 50-50 game. I think Arkansas is a bit better of a team, but it's in Missouri. And like you said, Missouri uh, over the last several years has has beaten them up pretty much. So I like uh, I like the pick, but I am going to go with uh, Arkansas there. All
0: right. Yeah, well, so that puts me at 6-6. Six Slight lean to the over five and a half for myself, but nothing I'm probably going to rush to bet. This is a really hard team. It's, it's actually probably the team I'm most excited to like kind of follow this year and see what they are.
1: Yeah, it is a pretty cool team. I have them four and eight uh under five and a half for minus minus one twenty, but I'm not super stoked on that. Cause there are some winnable games on that schedule that, that I have them losing.
0: Speaking of teams that are really difficult to gauge this year, the South Carolina Gamecocks are our next team. Uh, of their offensive production is back from a year ago. Good for 22nd in the country. 73% of their total production returns. uh, Good for 37th in the nation. Recruiting-wise, 19th in 2020, that was good for 8th in the conference, which is ridiculous. 2021, 79th in the country, obviously 14th in the conference. 2022, up to number 24 in the country, 10th in the conference. 24th in the country, 10th in the conference. <laughs> wow. Uh, transfer portal, number nine, huge offseason as far as the transfer portal for wow. South Carolina. Wow. Um, last year, really overperformed. I think this is a team we really shit all over. And uh, they went six and six. They went bowling. They beat Florida and Auburn last year, like big wins for South Carolina. Yeah. Um, Shane Beamer now back for year two as head coach. Uh, got a lot coming back. I mean, what are, what are you thinking?
1: So uh, the biggest news is picking up uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, Rattler was a preseason Heisman favorite last year, uh, and then he didn't live up to expectations at Oklahoma and lost his job to Caleb Williams. Uh, however, uh, Shane Beamer was Rattler's offensive coordinator at Oklahoma in the previous year where he you know, had a chance to win a Heisman. Uh, they do have uh, some pretty good receivers on this team. Uh Marshawn Lloyd is a top 50 recruit at running back, uh, top 50 overall out of any position. Uh, they do have, they have a veteran offensive line, but they weren't all that good last year. Uh, on defense, uh, they have an all-SEC quarterback in uh, Cam Smith, uh, two former five-stars on the defensive line, Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens. So uh, there is a lot to be excited about, like you said, with the transfers too. I mean, I, I think this team's going to be pretty good. I've actually seen them – Anywhere it's weird. I've been looking at random predictions and stuff. I've seen them anywhere from like nine or ten wins down to like three. So it's they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's a very hard team. I mean, I guess a lot of it's gonna come in down to what you think about Spencer Rattler. Um, and I do think Spencer Rattler is gonna make the team better. I think he's gonna revitalize his career a little bit. One thing I I, I saw is they brought in Christian Beale Smith from Wake. Uh, he's a, a running back. That's a big, that's a big get there. Um, if you remember when, uh, Kenneth Walker transferred from wake and went to, uh, Michigan state, things really blew up there. So, uh, Dave Claussen out there at the wake force, bringing in some good running back prospects. And, uh, I think Beal Smith and Marshawn Lloyd, like one of those two is going to for sure pop off. Yeah. Uh, the defense, the defense really has to improve. I mean, they do have seven back. Um, and, and, you know, on paper, it looks good. Like seventh passing defense, 41st total defense, right. 46 scoring, but, um, Ninety fourth against the rush, and that's that's not too good. That's going to inflate your pass defense because teams really are just going to run the ball when you can't defend it. <laughs> right. So, and especially in the SEC, that is not a good thing. Right. Um, So that's really that's really the highlight. There is the defense. The defensive line is going to have to have to get better, and maybe with those five stars, they will. Uh, Vegas over under five and a half. Over is plus one hundred. Under minus one twenty. They start off the season uh, bringing G5 team Georgia State to town. They will go on the road to play Arkansas. I got them splitting in. I got them beating Georgia State losing at Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing. Uh, I, I don't think they're quite at that level, especially early enough in the season to win at Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson. Uh, but I do think they get an easy win against Georgia State at home. Yeah, th- we are going to figure out
0: a lot about the, uh, the run defense in that Arkansas game. I think Sam Pittman likes to build his lines real big. Um, so we're going to we're gonna find out if they approve there. Uh, then they're going to have three straight home games. They're going to bring Georgia to town, Charlotte on the second leg of a back-to-back for them, and then South Carolina State, who was 7-5 in the FCS last year.
1: Uh, they're really lining them up out of conference. They <laughs> right. feel because that they play Clemson always at the end of the year that they could just, <laughs> you know, the rest of their out-of-conference joke. Um, so the, the Georgia game, I do have them picking up the win early in the season against Georgia at home. Uh, I think it's a good spot early on to catch somebody. And I think Georgia's, you know, coming off of that national championship high, uh, coming off of a big win early in the season as well, uh, against uh Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So I think that uh I don't know. I have them catching that game and I have them beating Charlotte and South Carolina State to start the season four and one. Yeah, I actually like that that Georgia
0: play. I, I didn't play it myself. I, I got him catching somebody else down the line here, but um I do like that. I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago that South Carolina won in, in Athens with, like, a third-string quarterback. I think that was uh, one of Muschamp's last years, either his last year or second to last year. Um, so, I mean, it has happened in recent memory on the road even. Uh, okay, so I got him going one and two in that stretch, and then I have him losing on the road at Kentucky.
1: I have them losing that game as well.
0: And then it's going to be the bye week, and they're going to bring Texas A&M into Missouri to town for uh, both both games there. It's homecoming for South Carolina against Missouri. Um, I have South Carolina catching A&M. That's the team I have them uh, tripping up. I, I could just see it. This is like A&M's big year, blah, 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 but they always lose stupid games. I have it being that one, so I'm going 2-0 in that stretch.
1: Yeah, uh, I have them. Going one and one there. I do have them losing that AM game, but I agree. I mean, if they if they were to lose that Georgia game, I think they could beat AM. I think they're gonna catch one of those two teams. I, I definitely agree. Yeah, and then uh, I haven't beaten Missouri there uh on the second of that home stretch.
0: And it's a back-to-back road trip, and uh I do have them dropping the game to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has the bye before. I feel like South Carolina is gonna be riding real high. Uh they barely beat Vanderbilt last year, actually, only 21 to 20. So I have them losing that, and then losing uh,
1: in the swamp in Gainesville as well. I have them splitting that. I do have them beating Vanderbilt, but then losing the second half at Florida. And then they're going to bring
0: Tennessee to town, and then go on the road to play Clemson. I do have them also catching Tennessee and then losing to Clemson.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing. I'm pretty. uh, I I really think they could win that Tennessee game, and but they're not going to beat Clemson. So I got this team six and six. However.
0: Giving them wins over AM, giving them wins in a 50-50 game against Missouri. I gave them a win over Tennessee. I'm leaning more towards the under on this team just because
1: I don't know. I need to see it first. Yeah, I uh I have them seven and five. Uh I'm doing over five and a half plus one hundred. I'm not super stoked on that. I mean, they could potentially drop a couple of those games, but I but I do like it. I do like the over five and a half there.
0: Now we get to talk about one of the most exciting coaches in all of college football, Mike Leach. Yes. (laughs) Lock them players up. (laughs) We got Uh,
1: two murdering coaches at this conference,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, All right. So returning production-wise, this team is bringing back a lot. 78% of their their production from last year returns. That's 21st in the country. 84% of their defensive production from last year returns, ninth in the country. Recruiting-wise, they've been right around – Pretty consistent, number twenty six or number twenty eight in the nation. All three of the last three years, uh, good for tenth, tenth, and eleventh in the conference. The last three years, transfer portal number thirty eight in the country. So players willingly signing up to come hang out with Coach Leach. Uh, in <laughs> two thousand and twenty one, last year they went seven and five. So he's starting to get things really on track there with the uh, air raid getting put into into place. They won at uh, at Texas A and M. So they won in College Station. They won at Auburn. So, those are two huge road games showing you Great. that Leach is getting the boys up for those games. And they beat Kentucky at home, who was a good team last year. Third year for Mike Leach. He's 11 and 13, eight back on offense, eight back on defense. We all know the big story is the Mike Leach offenses with the pass. He was fourth in the nation in the pass. But don't forget that Mike Leach typically runs a pretty good defense 12th against the run, 30th total defense
1: last year. What are you seeing? Yeah, that defense is really good. Uh, they bring back seven. They have a, Their front seven, as a matter of fact, is a really good front seven. Can uh, compete with anybody in the country almost. Uh, like you said, I mean, they were 12th overall against the run last year. and They bring back pretty much everybody. Uh, their secondary is a little bit questionable, but uh, they have some new guys coming in that could possibly make some noise. And they also do have uh, three out of four projected starters back. Uh, on offense you got will rogers i uh, had a really good year with mike leach uh those guys are kind of all fitting in the system now uh they have some receivers austin williams jade wally i remember that name mm-hmm. uh so yeah this this team is pretty good like they have they're a creepy team that could kind of beat anybody at any time you know so i'm not a. Don't count them out of any game. I mean, maybe at Alabama, but that's that's about it.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, he, it's it's pretty genius is what he builds his teams. I mean, the air raid. It's you know he's part of you know with how mummy you know the origin of the air raid, right. but the way that he runs it, I love it. With the defense being the twelfth rushing defense. You're forcing teams into a shootout with you when you have the fourth-best passing offense. Right. That's, so, that's genius, I, you know, it's genius, honestly. It's really smart. You're going to be in most of your games because you can shoot out with anybody. So I really like that. Um, They lose Polk to the NFL at wide receivers. So that hurts. You lose uh, both tackles on the O-line, Charles Cross being one of them, a very high NFL oh, draft yeah. pick. Um, you also lose uh Martin Emerson, uh, went to the NFL from the secondary um, but they did transfer in Marcus Banks from Alabama. Um, so that is good there. I, I mean, I see a lot of the same things you see. Let's see what Vegas thinks. Six and a half is the over-under, over minus 130, under plus 110. They start off the season bringing Memphis to town. Memphis beat them in the Liberty Bowl last year on a few uh, questionable calls, 31 to 29. I have them absolutely just face-fucking Memphis here. Yeah, I do
1: too. I think that game's going to be a blowout.
0: Um, then they go on the road to play Arizona and on the road to play LSU and back-to-back weeks. Um, I was a little worried about that Arizona uh, game, but then I, I dug in a little bit to Mississippi State as far as a program. And, and with Mike Leach, that's kind of why I pointed out, like, oh, at A&M at Auburn. I know those are in conference, but it seems like in general, Mississippi state, like surprisingly travels well for an SEC team. Oh, that is surprising. So that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> so I give them the win over Arizona, the loss at LSU on the back-to-back road trip. Yeah, I
1: did the same thing.
0: All right. And then they bring Bowling Green to town and Texas A&M to town, which Texas A&M, they beat them last year, 26 to 22. They've actually beat them four of the last six times they've played them. And it's before Alabama for A&M. So I went two straight wins. There. I did too.
1: I, I, like all those stats with that and i i think that's a a very winnable game and i think they get it done
0: uh and then it's going to be homecoming for mississippi state they're going to play arkansas it follows alabama for arkansas arkansas did beat this team 31 to 28 last year um but i mean what do we know about teams after they play alabama they're susceptible to a loss so i got the win for mississippi state
1: yeah uh i haven't in that game but that's that's a very close game it's uh I just think it's a stupid game Mississippi State could lose, but it's very easy, very easy for them to win that game. Yeah,
0: true dad. (laughs) Uh, And then it's a back-to-back road trip. They're going to go on the road to play Kentucky. Uh, That's homecoming for Kentucky. The home team has won every one of the games of the last six matchups between these two. And then they're going to go on the road to play Alabama for homecoming for Alabama. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, SEC Scheduling Department, giving them back-to-back road trips against LSU and Bama on the second leg. Yeah, cool. Seriously. <laughs> I got uh, two losses there.
1: I have two losses as well.
0: Then it's going to be a bye week, and then they have three straight home games. They bring Auburn, Georgia, and East Tennessee State, the dreaded East Tennessee State. <laughs> oh, God. 11-2 <laughs> uh, in the FCS last year. They were a playoff team, number seven in the coaches' poll uh, this year. They did pick up that SEC victory over uh, Vanderbilt last year. They did. But I got Mississippi State going two and one in that stretch, losing to Georgia. Yeah, I have the same thing. And then the Egg Bowl, one of my favorite games of the year, actually. I love this game. Always right around uh, on Thanksgiving. That's it's yeah, I'm way more perfect. excited for that than, than the NFL games, if I'm being honest. Oh yeah, me too. I uh, love the egg bowl. So uh Old Miss has won five of the last eight, 31 to 21 last year. Uh Old Miss is also 64 and 48 all-time. Being that it is in Oxford, I'm going to give the win to
1: Ole Miss. I gave it to Ole Miss as well, but again, I'm not that confident in that. I have this team going six and six, the over under six and a half. Uh, Under six and a half plus 110, I did slightly lean that way, but this is an absolute no touch for me.
0: Yeah, I got them seven and five, and uh, I'm on the over, but I I wouldn't bet it at the minus 130, and I'm not going to bet the under either. So uh, another no touch for me in this conference, but yeah. So continuing the trend with teams that I really don't know what to make out of, this one for a different reason. I think their roster looks pretty good, but uh, I don't know. The, the whole organization of Auburn as a school like hates Brian Harson. He's back for year two, two as a head coach. Um, they went 6-6 six and six last year, kind of like won the games they should, lost the games they should have, so nothing like crazy. Uh, Production-wise, they're pretty much like 65% basically across the entire board of their production returning. Uh, recruiting wise, 2020, they were seventh in the nation, fifth in the conference, Wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. 2021, 19th in the nation, seventh in the conference, 2022, 21st in the nation, ninth in the conference. So uh, sliding back a little bit by a little bit, every single year since malzon has been gone. Um, <clears throat> Transfer portal number 23rd in the country. So they are bringing some talent in. They have six back on offense. That was the 67th total offense last year. Five back on defense, which was a pretty good defense uh, against the pass, not so much ninety sixth, but 29th against the rush, twenty uh, seventh scoring defense, all the way down to sixty
1: first total defense because of that pass defense. Um, what do you what are you seeing here, Mike? Yeah, so they bring in uh, a handful of quarterbacks to replace Bo Nix, uh, T.J. Finley, uh, Zach Calzada are the front runners. Uh, I don't know if they've chosen yet or if they're going to wait. Well, you saw the news with Finley. Oh, something happened with him, didn't it? Yeah.
0: So Finley, TJ Finley, landed like a huge Amazon NIL deal. Deal. He was the first player uh, in college football to get the Amazon deal, so that was interesting. Um, kind of made you think he's going to be like super high profile, but then he got arrested. He was evading the police riding a moped without a helmet.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I really don't know, uh, like, what to make out of that. Like, uh, why were you running from the? Apparently, he was confused is what his lawyer said, (laughs) so he was confused running from the police while riding a moped without a helmet around Auburn. (laughs) Um, They do also bring in Zach Calzada, uh, transfers from A&M into Auburn, kind of like a uh, high-floor, low-ceiling quarterback, but he did beat Alabama last year, so yeah, three-man race. What else you got? Yeah, Uh,
1: they also – I mean, the concerning thing with this offense is – their offensive line brings four out of five back. They're very experienced, but they were sixty sixth in rushing last year. Uh, which you say, okay, well that's not terrible, but you have one of the best running backs in the country, Mike right. Bigsby. So that offensive line does need to improve. When you have one of the best, one of the best running backs in the country, you're going to have a new quarterback one way or another. Uh, they do have some good tight ends, uh, John John Samuel Schenker. Uh, is a is a good one he's a senior he's projected to start uh on defense like you said they're the 29th rush defense last year they have four out of six back up front but they're their lone guy that they don't have on the defensive line they brought in Jason Jones 66 uh, 328 nose tackle from Oregon ooh yeah sophomore he's supposed to be really really good he's a highly rated prospect so this could they could have a really good defensive line at linebacker they have Owen Popo who has been a name there for several years he's also uh, kind of a fan favorite of ours because <laughs> yeah. he's uh, on two of the Madden franchises that we've done he's become a hall of famer so uh <laughs> <laughs> big things expected out of you absolutely uh the secondary does need some work though on defense but uh overall if this team could keep it if they could keep it together if they settle on a quarterback and they kind of stop the drama with Parson and that chick and his wife and all that kind yeah, of. And that was like alumni spreading that around. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think this team could be just fine, and they could have a, a very very outside shot of at least coming in second place in that conference. <laughs> I was going to say winning the uh, winning that side of the conference, but
0: Alabama's on that side of the conference. Yeah, so I mean, but you, you never know because I mean, even last year with with being six and six, they were. They only lost to Bama
1: by two last year in overtime. I know. So it's, you know, you never really know. And I think, you know, I'll have to look when we're kind of going into into some other stuff. But I remember seeing Auburn was like a a big, big underdog to win that side of the conference. And, uh, you know, it might not be bad to chuck like three bucks at it and see what happens. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Like, you know, no, I don't think they have a prayer at it. But just to
0: make your, your point, like your toughest games on the schedule, Penn State, LSU, okay, you're at Georgia, so there's that. But then you have uh AM, Arkansas, all, all at home. Yeah. In you know? yeah. the Bama game, you're gonna probably lose that anyway. But I, I don't know. Anything can happen in that game, like we said. So my my main concern with this team is that Derek Mason is gone from defensive coordinator. Yeah. That's um, tough. That's that's a big tough. loss. Yeah. So uh they're gonna have to be good defensively if that's the style of offense that they're gonna play, where they're they're just gonna kind of be, you know, ground and pound. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what we think. They start off with uh, an interesting – so, so uh, you know, Mercer, 7-3 and three FCS last year, number
1: 17 ranked in the country this year, FCS level. That's a win, and then they got San Jose State. That's a win. Yeah, I have two wins there, but both of those are good teams. You know, it's not not on Auburn's level by any means, but uh, they are both good teams for what they are. But, yeah, still two wins.
0: It wasn't all that long ago that we were in the great city of Tallahassee at Doe Campbell Stadium. And uh, San Jose State <laughs> beat an SEC team in their in, at their home field. <laughs> they beat them the Arkansas. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> and then Penn State's going to come to town to play Auburn. Um, they they won this game last year, twenty eight to twenty in Happy Valley. Uh, and Missouri will come to come to Auburn for homecoming for Auburn. I got two more wins, but that's that's uh, a tough stretch.
1: That is tough. I also have two more wins, but but I mean you can lose. Either of those games, especially that Penn State game, is pretty 50 50. And then Auburn comes
0: to town. So, this team, the first five weeks of the season, they don't leave their home stadium. No, they don't. Um, I got them beating LSU hesitantly. Yeah, same here. Uh, That's
1: a tricky game, but I do have them winning that game.
0: So, I mean, you would think like a lot of the way I'm looking at this team is I'm really worried about the Harson thing, but I mean, I do have them starting off five and zero. You would think, in that case, like that should settle things down a little bit. You would right, think, right, right. Um, but then they do go on a back-to-back road trip. They play at Georgia, at Ole Miss. I kind of think they're going to lose both of those.
1: Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I think they're a better team in Ole Miss, honestly, but. After starting off five and zero and probably getting buried at Georgia, I think they do lose that Ole Miss game.
0: Yeah, I mean to make your point, Auburn did beat them last year. Or uh, yeah, Auburn beat them beat Ole Miss last year, thirty one to twenty, and they won six straight. against Oh, okay, so, so yeah, um, that is a winnable game. I just think on the second leg after Georgia, that's rough. All right, bye week, and then they uh, bring Arkansas to town and go on the road to play Mississippi State. I actually have them losing both of those. Uh, both of those teams do draw a bye before as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, Auburn has the bye uh, also before that Arkansas game. Um, I have them beating Arkansas. I have them losing at Mississippi State, so kind of uh, splitting that too. All right, and then two more home games. They bring Texas
0: A&M to town, and they bring Western Kentucky to town at the end of the season. Uh, I got them losing
1: to A&M and beating Western Kentucky. I have the same thing. I think that's pretty sad. I mean, they could potentially, depending on where A&M is at at that point in the season, but I don't think so. I have a loss and then a win. Yeah,
0: uh, and then they go on the road to play Alabama in the Iron
1: Bowl for the last game of the season. Uh, I do have them losing that. Yeah, me too. So I have them seven and five. Uh over under six and a half. I am gonna go over there with plus one thirty-five. Uh being that I have them with seven wins, I like that money. Uh yes, they could lose the Penn State game. Yes, they could lose LSU, but they could beat Ole Miss. They could beat Mississippi State. So yeah, I'm gonna go uh over six and a half there. Yeah, I'm 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 at six and six. Uh, I I guess over for the value.
0: Whatever. I rode under. I, I I honestly, this is one of the teams in the entire FBS that I have like probably the least amount of a gauge for, just because of the Harson situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, this team has a ton of talent. You know, it's it, and they have a ton of talent on this team, and I mean, really. It's just – it's that Harson situation. You don't know what's going – like, what is going on there? He's been there for a year, you know? Yeah, I, I really don't understand it. <laughs> um,
0: all right, so moving on, we'll go to the Florida Gators. Finally, a team that I feel like I, I do have a play on that I kind of like. So, um, apparently, I forgot to write down returning production for this team, so just never mind that. Recruiting-wise, 2020, they were ninth in the uh, country. Um sixth in the conference, (laughs) 2021, fifth or 12th in the country, fifth in the conference, (laughs) 2022, 17th in the country, seventh in the conference. So a slide there, but that's to be expected with a new head coach. Um, Transfer portal 2022, 19th in the country this year. So not bad there. Billy Napier comes in from Louisiana Lafayette uh, for his first year. Again, just like Harson, it's not quite as bad yet, but people really, uh, they don't seem all that enthusiastic about Billy Napier coming in. He did a hell of a job at ULL. I mean, at 40 and 12 in his career so far as a, as a coach there, I yeah. I don't know why you're not excited, but
1: <laughs> I don't um, get it. I mean, what do you, what do you want? You I know? also
0: do feel like they pulled the shoot on Dan Mullen a little too. It was like one year. And then all of a sudden like one bad year. Exactly? Yeah, I know they, I think they did. So interesting. There Uh eight or six back on offense, the 23rd rushing offense, fifty total offense a year ago, eight back on defense. Um, 85th against the run, 25th against the pass,
1: 51st defense overall. Uh, What are you seeing there? Uh, Yeah, so Napier's going to run the spread option there. Uh, He has Anthony Richardson at quarterback, which is the perfect uh, player. He's uh, absolutely electric, one of the most electric players in college football. Uh, Perfect quarterback to run that. They do have a good offensive line. Uh, It's a very big offensive line. Hopefully they'll be able to kind of keep up and read that option. Uh, They don't have any depth there, though, so hopefully for them, those guys can all stay healthy. My problem with their offense, though, is that they don't really have any, like, skill guys. Like, Florida always has, like, oh, this running back is going to be the first-round pick, or this wide receiver is one of the best in the country. They don't really have that this year. Uh, On defense, they are pretty thin on the defensive line. Uh, However, uh, Gervin Dexter, uh, defensive tackle, is first-round talent. Uh, they also have a pretty good secondary on this team, 25th against the pass last year, and they bring back three guys in that secondary. So, uh, you know, it should be a pretty decent team overall. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the Napier hire, and I, and I am very interested to see what him and uh, Richardson can do together.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, same thoughts on, like, running back. You know, you have Naquan, Naquan Wright, uh, who had a little bit of experience last year. They do bring in Montrell Johnson from ULL uh napier stole a lot of guys from lafayette um which you know kind of happens when a coach goes to a different program but like when you're talking the jump from sunbelt to sec yeah i don't know if that's gonna like montreal johnson had 100 or uh, 838 yards and 12 touchdowns as a freshman last year so that's really good right but you're going up to the sec so i don't quite know that it's going to translate um wide receivers justin shorter and xavier henderson again both have experience but just nothing great. Um, hybrid ed- edge rusher Bretton Cox did have eight and a, eight and a half sacks last year. He's back. Gervin Dexter, you mentioned, uh, is projected second team. Or projected third team. Bretton Cox is projected uh, second. Okay. Their leading tackler from last year, linebacker Ventrell Miller, is back. Uh, he's projected third team. And then you do transfer in, get this, Jalen Kimber from Georgia. You transferred from Georgia to Florida and Florida dick wow <laughs> wow <laughs> like, like what a dick move I, I don't know if georgia had a quarterback that wasn't stetson bennett i would say they're gonna target him all day but
1: right <laughs> um
0: all right so let's see what we think vegas is saying over under seven seven over is minus 130 under is plus 110 they start off this season in a very very interesting game we talked about it on the pack 12 conference preview they bring utah into the swamp um i got a loss
1: i got a loss to you. that's a that's a very good game it's a Game, I would love to go see if I had money and time, s- time and stuff like that. And no girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I-, I think that's a good game. I think it's we're gonna see a, a pretty good uh, offensive showing from from Florida. Uh, defense should be on point but I, I just don't think they have enough right now to keep up with Utah so I, I like Utah in a close game there you know I forgot to ask
0: too did, did your what you were reading up on did it like did it really commit to the spread for is, is that where you pulled that yeah yeah I
1: did read that okay because uh, they did
0: transfer in Jack Miller the third from Ohio State at quarterback two. oh did they yeah and what I was like seeing was it was a little more up in the air like I think Anthony Richardson's looking like the guy but I mean, Jack Miller is a pretty highly-touted prospect, too. So
1: Yeah, does Jack um, Miller have a mustache, or does he just have a name of somebody that would have a mustache? Uh, I would assume he has a mustache <laughs> because he is Jack Miller the third. So oh, yeah. Probably
0: yeah. a mustache and a very big bottom jaw. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Very interesting. Seems like they could go either way with that. But um, being that we talked about with the skill position players, I would also go Anthony Richardson. Right. Um, 900 yards, nine touchdowns in limited time last year. So – Uh, All right, so then the second game, and I think the bottom line is you split these two games. Uh, You had Utah we both covered. We said it was a loss. And then they bring Kentucky to town, which Kentucky is in a better place than them. But, like, we both know Florida traditionally beats the hell out of Kentucky. Florida lost in the swamp, lost in Gainesville to Kentucky in 2018. That was the first time that had happened since 1979. Wow. So it doesn't really happen much. Kentucky is, is, you know – much better as they were than this Florida team last year, they still only beat them at home by seven. It was 20 to 13. So I I got the win here for Florida just based on tradition.
1: Yeah, so do I. I think that that's a – I actually think they win that game kind of handily, which is weird because I think Kentucky's a little bit better of a team overall. It's just the tradition and just being – after coming off the Utah loss, I think it's – I think Napier picks up his first win. All right, and then they're going to bring the USF Bulls Bulls to town. I think that's a pretty easy win. Same here.
0: Then they go on the road to play Tennessee. Now, this is another team that Florida, you know, beat them last year, 38-14. to They beat them five straight years, 16 of the last 17. Tennessee's
1: a way better team right now than
0: Florida. But, I I mean, I do have Tennessee winning, but it's no gimme.
1: Yeah, I do too. I'm in the same uh, viewpoint
0: there as you are. And then they have three straight home games. They bring Eastern Washington – Missouri and LSU all to town. Missouri is homecoming for Florida. Um, yeah, I, I got them going two and one. I got them beating Eastern Washington, beat Missouri, but losing to LSU in that last game. There,
1: yeah, I have the same thing. Uh, I think I'm pretty. I'm pretty sold on all three of those results. There, I mean, Eastern Washington is usually a good FCS team, but it's in Florida. It's against right. Florida in the swamp. Uh, Missouri, I don't quite think is on Florida's level, but I think that uh, LSU's kind of a Kind of a game if if Florida gets rolling that they could potentially pick up the win, but I'm still going to go LSU.
0: And then there's the traditional bye before the uh, largest cocktail party in the world in Jacksonville uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, of course, has the bye as well. Georgia beat the hell out of them last time, beat them four of the last five times. I think Georgia gets them again. Same here. And then they're going to go on the road to play at Texas A&M and then bring South Carolina back to Gaines- Gainesville for the second leg of a back-to-back for South Carolina. I got them losing at A&M. Winning against South Carolina. Same here. And then two more road games, uh, back-to-back stretch to end the season. They go at Vanderbilt and at Florida State. Um, I got them winning both of those. A little hesitant on Florida State, I guess, but who knows what's going on with that program at that time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how I went. I kind of went back and forth on that Florida-Florida State game, Um, but I'm assuming at that point Florida State's probably going to have a new coach. So uh, I just – I'm going Florida just as the safe bet there. Uh, So I do have them 7-5. and Uh, The over-under is right at 7. So I'm going to lean slightly on the under 7 for the plus 110. Uh, I mean, they could potentially drop that Kentucky game. They could potentially drop the Florida State game. So there's a couple of spots in there. South Carolina is a possibility. Uh, I don't love it, but I'll take the value on it. Yeah, I got, I got seven and five as well, and I'm also on the under. I'm, I'm actually fairly
0: confident in this in this under. I, I I would be very surprised to see the Gators win eight or more. I think seven's kind of the ceiling for Napier's first year, so I'm feeling kind of good about it. All right, we'll move on to the LSU Tigers. Uh, 62% of their total production comes back from a year ago. The majority of it being on defense, 69% of their defense returns from 2021. That's good for 58th in the country. Recruiting-wise, um, 2020, they were number fourth in the nation, which was good for third in the conference. Uh, 2021, they were third in the country, good for second in the conference. And then 2022, 12th in the country, fourth in the conference. Uh, Brian Kelly, slow dancing with those recruits on tape, kind of creeping people out, I guess. Sliding back there. Uh, Transfer portal, though, they were number three in the country this year. So that's pretty high up there. 2021, they went six and six. Uh Brian Kelly is in for year one as head coach. He's a piece of shit. Um, uh, <laughs> but a good coach, you know. So right. whatever.
1: Uh, what do you see in here? Uh it's it's kind of weird looking at this team. They in my what I went off of had only two returning starters on offense and three on defense. It's not really the case, though. I mean, they have some guys that have plenty of guys that have had experience. Right. Uh you know they have they they have a quarterback battle between Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels as the time of this publication. You Do know what I, I think? Actually, I just saw today. I haven't <clears throat>
0: entirely confirmed it yet, but I think Miles Brennan retired. Miles Brennan retired. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just hung <laughs> it up and said he's done. So okay. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels.
1: Okay, so whoever the quarterback is is going to have a lot of talent around him. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte is probably the best wide receiver in the country, if not. You know, top three. Uh, John Emery Jr. is a stud at running back. See, so he's like not even listed as a returning starter. He was uh, academically ineligible last year. So, That's Brian, right. Brian Kelly comes to town
0: and magically gets him academically eligible. Right. For all you Notre Dame fans, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but for all of you ones that always say, oh, but the academics at Notre Dame make it so hard. Yeah. Okay.
1: Brian Kelly shows up and all of a sudden this dude's a red <laughs> scholar. Right. A <laughs> fucking regular Mark Twain. now. Exactly. Uh, the, the offensive line is a big question mark here. They do have a freshman left tackle. Uh, they have their offensive line. They have, as of according to this, none of these guys started last year. So they're going to have to kind of put something together. Uh, defensively, uh, they were 65th in the country last year. Uh, they have a very good defensive line. Uh, their secondary though, looks a little bit weak, which is weird for LSU. Uh, so, you know, some of those guys might step up and, and be okay so uh, overall i think this i think the defense will improve a bit i think the offense is definitely going to improve i think it's going to be a pretty good team
0: yeah they did lose a lot in that secondary this is dbu though uh self-proclaimed so i guess you never know they transferred in a lot of talent at in the secondary that's where they mostly focus like i said third in the portal this year so um that a lot of guys came in right there o-line returns only it's uh three guys that have starts. So. Nobody that was necessarily a starter, but they have three guys that have started games. Um, the D-line's looking pretty good. Linebackers are looking all right. Um, Vegas is saying... I was going to mention some names, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they have, they have uh, three projected second-teamers in the front seven. They got linebacker B.J. Ojulari, seven sacks last year, D.T. Mason-Smith, and defensive end uh, Allie Gay. So all those guys are projected uh, second-team all-conference. Um, and they also have their uh, leading tackler for last year, Micah Baskerville. So there's some names on defense coming back, some names on offense coming. Jaden Daniels is going to make things interesting there at the quarterback. He's a dual threat. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what this team does. Vegas says over under is 7, over is minus 120, under is plus 100. They're going to start off the year in a neutral site in New Orleans, which is super neutral, (laughs) against Florida State. I got the win there pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I have a pretty easy win for them as well.
0: And then they're going to bring Southern University to town uh, 4-7 and last year in the FCS. And then Mississippi State on the second leg of a back-to-back for them. I have two more wins. Same here. And then a terrible G5 team in New Mexico comes to town. I got another win. Another win. Then they're going to go on the road uh, for the first time all season. They're going to play Auburn. I did give Auburn the win, but it is uh,
1: tentative. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a tricky game. I did give it to Auburn as well, though.
0: All right, then they're going to bring Tennessee to town. Tennessee does have a bye before this game, but LSU's beat them five straight times. I got LSU getting it done. I got LSU. I Basically, I think they split Auburn and Tennessee
1: more Yeah, I
0: agree. And then they go on the road to play Florida in the swamp. Um, LSU won last year. They've won seven of the last ten. Uh But two of the last three losses that they have had have been at the swarm. So there is that. Uh, And they bring Old Miss to town, who they uh, lost to 31 to 7 last, or 31 to 17 last year, but
1: LSU had won the previous five. I got two more wins there. I do too. That at Florida game's pretty tricky, but I think they're going to pick it up. So I have two wins. All right. And then a
0: bye week, and they bring Alabama to town. Alabama, of course, has the bye before that game as well. Um, Bama's won 10 of 11. Obviously, traditionally close. Last year, even close. Bama won 20 to 14. I got the
1: loss though. Me too. It's crazy that the Bama's won 10 out of 11 for the times these teams have played. They play in a national championship, they've played in the conference championship, yeah. all this stuff. You know, it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy the games were even close with that idiot at it. Odron coaching against them. Like I know. it really shows you the level of talent that LSU brings in traditionally. Um I, I think it could be interesting though. You know, Brian Kelly he doesn't have a good track record against good teams or good coaches, to be honest, but um, it's just it's, I feel like Alabama, the new like heated thing for Saban is Jimbo Fisher. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see the first year. Yeah, with Brian Kelly there. Um, then they're going to go on the road. They're going to play at Arkansas and bring UAB down to Baton Rouge. I got them losing
1: at Arkansas, winning against UAB. I have the same thing, and I mean that LSU Arkansas game also could go either way. Uh, that's a pretty cool rivalry that that. You know, it's another one of those rivalries. I don't know why they're doing this where you're starting to see some of these teams not play each other at the re- at the end of the season. Right. Well, then you have some teams that don't play each other at all anymore because they're <laughs> in different conferences. But like LSU-Arkansas was always at the end of the season. They played two games after that. Yeah, I know. stupid. know. Uh, but they, I have them losing that game and then I have them beating UAB. Samesies. And then they're going to go to Kyle Field and
0: College Station for the last game of the season to play Texas A&M. Um, lsu did beat this team last year home team has won the last four matchups between these two teams though and i have the same
1: result here AM winning yeah i went back and forth on this game a couple times but i ended up with AM here so uh i have lsu at eight and four the over under is seven uh over seven for minus 120 is my favorite play in this conference i love it i mean really really this team the they their first five games once you or their first four games i guess should be wins i mean they're not losing to Florida State, and they're certainly not losing to Southern New Mexico. They're not losing to Mississippi State. So I think they're, they start off 4-0. So you're telling me they only have to win three more games to push out of, like, Tennessee at home, at Florida, Ole Miss at home, at Arkansas. Then you've got UAB at home. I mean, UAB is a good team. But, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm pretty sold on this over here with LSU. Yeah, this is my number one uh, over-under that we- – we're going to do this
0: entire year. This is going to be my favorite play through all of college football. Um, I just don't – I don't see this team. They have too much talent still left. And Brian Kelly, as much as I hate him, as much as he did kill that kid in that treehouse, <laughs> and, and I think he might sacrifice some to Gators now. I, this dude's ridiculous. This guy is
1: such a fucking tool. I know. He
0: got that, that Dusty Rhodes American Dream accent.
1: <laughs> yeah, the second he. The second he signed his contract yeah. with LSU, <laughs> yeah. he he's been he's so.
0: been a northerner his entire fucking coaching career. I'm pretty sure he's from the north. Probably. His name's Brian Kelly. He's an Irishman. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you have know, that deep southern drawl. He's such a piece of shit. Yes. He did kill that game in that treehouse. He did. God only knows what else he did to him up there. <laughs> I hate him, but he's he's a good enough coach to win more than seven games with the talent that LSU has. Um, a rough year last year, but LSU did
1: just win a national championship a couple of years ago. This team stays talented. Yeah, I mean they have on offense. They have two of the best players in the country. Yes, and honestly, I mean this team could win ten games. You only have to win seven for this over under. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's a pretty no. Uh, the me. bottom line is the floor is seven. So yeah. the worst
0: thing you're going to do if you bet this is push. Yeah. all right now for mark stoops in the kentucky wildcats uh mark stoops is from our whole hometown all of the stoops are um mark stoops has actually bought me a drink once before in my life
1: that's right
0: that's <laughs> right i forgot about yeah, that. yeah i went out
1: and mark stoops bought me a shot of maker's market a bar <laughs> now, i remember i was i was supposed to go out that night with you but i was too tired yeah, yeah. worked <laughs> midnights <laughs> at the time <laughs> yeah you just didn't want to go so yeah <laughs> yeah i went with another
0: buddy uh we met one of his stupid I was one of Bob's kids. It was Drake Stoops. Uh, we met him, and yeah, all the Stoopses were out. It was like a Stoops wedding or some shit. But yeah, shout out to Mark Stoops. He bought me a drink. He's 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 cool for he's cool with me. Um, production wise, it kind of it's like standard. Seventy-two percent of the defensive production returns from a year ago. That's good for forty-fourth in the country. Um, recruiting wise, for Kentucky, they've been doing well um, for the conference. Not so much, but I mean, 25th in the country in 2020, ninth in the conference, 35th in 2021, 12th in the conference, but 2022, 14th in the nation, fifth in the conference. So that's a really good class there. Um, Transfer portal number 28 in the country. This team went nine and three last year, so really good year. Um, won their bowl game, I believe, so that pushed them to 10. Uh, they got four back on offense, five back on defense. Um, Will Will Levis is really like change the game
1: for Kentucky as far as quarterbacks go out. What what do you see here? Yeah, so they have Levis back. Uh, you know, he's what I'm reading is he threw for la- he threw for more yards last season than they threw for in 2019 and 2020 combined. Uh you know, however, I, I do think he's getting a little bit too much hype. I mean, that being said, it was only twenty eight hundred yards, and he threw thirteen interceptions last year. Yeah, uh, I think you know, I think he's a good quarterback, but I think he is getting a little bit too much hype uh, for being what he is. Uh, they do have only receivers pretty much on the team, but they bring back Chris Rodriguez Jr. at running back, twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns last year. Uh, they only have two back on the offensive line, so. That's going to be a little bit of a uh, a learning curve, uh, especially in the SEC. Uh, On defense, they lost a lot of star talent, uh, but they were 26th in the conference last year. They have, or in the country last year, they have six back. Uh, They do have a decent defensive line and linebacker crew, so I think they'll be just fine. It's not really, uh, it's just they don't have all the big names that they had before. Yeah, I mean, they lose wide
0: receiver Wondal Robinson, like the best wide receiver to ever walk through Kentucky. He's a stud. He's gone. Um, they bring in Tavion Robinson, which is a good name from Virginia Tech. I remember him. He's a he solid He is player. really
1: good, actually, yeah.
0: And they bring in Javon Baker from Alabama, so you would assume he's pretty talented as well. Um, you covered running back. D-line is new, but they have a former five-star nose guard, Justin Rogers, and then three former four-stars that are going to be slotting in there. So a lot of uh, – Talent as far as projected wise, but no experience really. Linebacker, however, kind of the opposite side of the coin. um Projected second team all conference. JJ Weaver had six sacks last year. He's back. Jaws Jones had 86 tackles last year. He's back. And then the other two are both super seniors. You have DeAndre Square and Jordan Wright. Super seniors, if you don't know, that means they've been in co- uh, college football for like 35 years now because of COVID. Right. um And like you said, secondary is kind of a question mark. So uh, they're really going to need the young talent to step up on the D line to replicate the success. But I mean, Mark Stoops does keep a good defense. I mean, even in their bad years, they have good defenses and they have good O lines. Um, the big blue wall is a thing in Kentucky. They always have a good O line. They always have a good running back. So um, let's see what we think about this team over/under. Is set at seven and a half. Over is minus one sixty. Under is plus one hundred. Um, so Vegas it lead- leading towards uh, eight or more. They start off. They bring Miami of Ohio to town, and then they go to the swamp in Florida, which we just talked about. I have them beating Miami of Ohio, losing at Florida. Yeah, I have the same thing. And then they bring uh, Mark Stoops' hometown, Youngstown State, to town. They were three and seven in the FCS last year. Um, I don't think Pelini's any there any there anymore, right? No,
1: Pelini's not there anymore. Uh, yeah, Youngstown State is is had a, a tradition of good coaches, tradition of a lot of football in that uh, at our alma mater. Well, you're all the yeah, I didn't all graduate. I was just there for six years. <laughs> but uh, I would assume – I don't know if Mark Steep's went there. I assume he did. Um, but uh, three and seven, though, that's surprising. Yeah, they've been bad for a little while now.
0: I, 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 Like I said, I don't know who the coach is anymore. I mean, they've brought names through, like Bo Pelini, you know, used to coach Nebraska. He was there. Uh, Eric Mangino came in after Kansas, remember? <laughs> um Mark Mangino. Mark Mangino. Yeah, yeah, Eric, Mark Mangino. Yeah, you're the Eric Mangino. <laughs> Eric, yeah. Ah, damn it.
1: <laughs> was but, Mangino even the head coach there? Or was he just a coordinator? I don't
0: remember. Uh, he was the head coach. Oh, me. was he? Okay. Yeah. Um, I do know that. So, uh, And then Northern Illinois comes to town after that. So I got two wins there. So do I. Uh, and then they go on the road to play at Old Miss. Uh, it's homecoming for Old Miss. Kentucky hasn't won at Oxford since 1978. So I got the loss there.
1: <laughs> me too. I'm not – too stoked on that old Miss team this year, but their schedule lines up well. So I have Kentucky losing that game.
0: And then they bring South Carolina and Mississippi State to town. Uh, Mississippi State is homecoming there. Uh, I got them winning both of those games. Yeah, so do I. And then it's a bye week, and then they go on a back-to-back road trip. They go at Tennessee and at Missouri. Um, I have them losing both of those games.
1: I have them splitting that. I have them losing the Tennessee game and then beating uh, Missouri at Missouri. Uh, that's a pretty tricky game but I but I am gonna stick with it that way.
0: And then they will have uh, three straight home games to end the season Vanderbilt, Georgia and Louisville. What'd you do in this stretch?
1: I went Vanderbilt and uh, Louisville. I had wins. I had a loss against Georgia. It's uh, not a, that's not an impossible game against Georgia but it's not impossible for them to lose to Louisville either so uh, but I but I like it the way I have it two and one there. Yeah, I mean Kentucky's
0: been absolutely wrecking Louisville shit lately. Like from a talent standpoint, I like I even think Louisville's like seems more talented, but they just keep wrecking Louisville. Yeah. That being said, I have them beating Vanderbilt. That Georgia game is the second leg of a back-to-back for Georgia. These SEC teams travel anytime they have to go up to Lexington to play. I do have uh Kentucky taking down Georgia, but then losing the uh little matchup against Louisville the next week. Ah so okay. Sorry, Wildcat fans. I, I know you'll be stoked to hear that you beat Georgia, but I know they'll be even more pissed to hear that I had them lose the Louisville because they really
1: fucking hate each other. I'm sure John, John Calipari would be happy, though. He hates this football program. <laughs> yeah, he does. talking so all kind of shit this week.
0: Yeah, Calipari basically saying, like, this is a basketball school. Nobody gives a shit about the Kentucky football team. And then Mark Stoops coming right back at him saying, like, basically – I don't know what you're talking about. We at least compete in the SEC. So, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's right. Fucking Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats, they're paper tigers every year. They have the talent and don't do anything with it. He doesn't care about winning. Right. He just cares about recruiting and getting guys to the NBA. So. Exactly. Um. So over under seven and a half, I have this team winning seven games. However, I would not bet the under on this team. This Kentucky has been really, really smart as far as just, scheduling really soft non-conference games um so therefore they're going to win their non-conference games right um Louisville being the only exception if they do win that Georgia game but uh I, I could easily see this team winning eight or more I mean they won nine last year so yeah I'm, I'm, whatever
1: over <laughs> they could they could uh I kind of flip-flop there I have them eight and four uh but I wrote down the under seven and a half only because it's plus 100 money and the and the over money was kind of kind of shit i remember but uh i wouldn't bet this either way i'm not touching this say eight and four seven and five uh is probably where you're going to be at with kentucky the line should be eight or more the line should be eight or eight and a
0: half it's stupid david it, yeah hard. it is uh all right so well, let's talk about, a little bit about the tennessee volunteers now returning production wise uh 80 of their offensive production comes back from last year that's good for twenty-sixth in the country Um, And this offense was 7th scoring, 11th rush, ninth total offense. Uh, On the other side of the ball, however, it was a different story. 122nd pass off or pass defense, 99th total defense. Recruiting-wise, they've been recruiting. uh, 2020th, they were 11th in the country, 7th in the conference, 11th and 7th. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) 2021, they were uh, 22nd in the nation, 8th in the conference, 2022, 18th in the country, 8th in the conference transfer portal, number 47th uh, this year. This team went 7-5 and five last year. Hypel really uh, got this thing turned around a little bit. Fa- I'm not going to lie. I, I don't really I, – I didn't really like the hire of Hypel. I thought he was riding a bit off of uh, Scott Frost's coattails. I thought UCF got a little worse, like, each year after he left and Heupel took over. But then they really overperformed in Tennessee a lot more than I thought they were going to do.
1: Yeah, they did. Uh you know, this this team, like you said, was ninth in total offense last year, seventh in scoring. They bring back eight returning starters: Hendon Hooker, Jabari Small, Cedric Tillman, all household names if you're a college football fan. Uh, they bring out a four out of five offensive linemen back. So this uh, this offense should be firing on all, all cylinders. Defensively, however, they were 122nd passing defense last year. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, They had no pass rush. They had no secondary. Um, Their running defense is a bit better. 59th last year. uh, Their best linebacker is actually uh, Jeremy Banks. He's a converted running back, which is interesting. Uh, But I think, you know, this defense really, really needs to improve for this team to win more than eight, nine games, anything like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of like uh, Byron Young, I, 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 he's he was sweet last year, 11 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Outside of him, I don't see like any big more key players besides bank, Banks at linebacker. So I, I, I don't have – it's just hypos never really had a good defense on his teams. Um, it doesn't seem to be his focus. So it's going to be the Hendon Hooker show. Obviously a great year last year. I mean, the 31 touchdowns, the three interceptions is insane. Yeah, it's awesome. And then tack on 660 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Cedric Tillman back, 1,000 yards, 12 TDs. But um, a little shallow outside of that in the wide receiver room, outside of Tillman from what I'm seeing so far. And uh, Jabari Small is a good running back. He's back, but they did lose Tyon Evans to the transfer portal, right. which he was pretty good as well. So um, it's a tough projection to make here. Vegas is saying seven and a half. Uh, They start off with Ball State, so there's an easy win. Yeah, it's a win. And then they go at Pitt to play in Heinz Field. This game is very polarizing for me. I don't quite know which way I want to go. Like Pitt did beat this team last year, 41-34, to uh, you know, at Rocky Top. But then, you know, now you're going to Heinz Field, but this follows the backyard brawl for Pitt. So either they win and they're super stoked on themselves and they can easily drop the Tennessee game, or they lose, and you know it's going to be a very
1: physical, grinding game. So this is a tough one to pick. It is a tough one. I went to Tennessee here, but, I mean, it's a 50-50 game. I, I just don't know. That's uh, That might be the hardest game of the season to bet on, if I'm being honest. It really is. You know, uh-huh. I mean, if that, if that game is on a neutral site, I'm going Tennessee for sure. But, Absolutely. But being at Pitt. Uh, the thing with two is, is you play at whatever they're calling
0: Heinz Stadium now because it's no longer Heinz, Heinz field. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. I forget what it's
1: called. Yeah. Um,
0: some, some weirdness, but um, you know, they play there and it's, it's grass. So it slows down offensive attacks. It slows, it kind of takes the athleticism of some of these teams away. That's why Clemson lost last year to Pitt. Right. Um, that and they weren't as good as they typically are, but like, you know, it takes away from the athleticism of some of these players. Cause you're not quite as quick as you are on turf. So, and it's a sleepy fucking environment because playing college games
1: in NFL stadium sucks. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's why it's so, it's weird. It's like the opposite. It's tough to play there just because it is like yeah. such a sleepy <laughs> environment. Yeah, you're it's like playing it. at Boston College or some shit. Yeah, I mean, we lived, you know, when we, where we grew up, we were an hour away from Pittsburgh and, and three hours away from either Ohio State or Penn State. And I can't name a single Pitt fan. No, you know, but I mean, it was all Ohio State. You know, some Michigan thrown in, some Penn State, but but Pitt—they they just don't have a following. Yeah, but they if, never
0: even want to go there. Like even when they bring good teams to town, like I don't know, it just don't want to fucking watch a college football game at Heinz Field.
1: Yeah, like an hour away. Like we said, it was an easy trip, and I—I I think I went to. Well, I mean, I, I went to pit games when I was a little kid. But after that, I think I maybe went to one. You know?
0: I've been to South Bend, Columbus more times. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. No interest to go. I've been to Tallahassee more times than I've been to fucking Pitt. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. A very interesting spot. I, I got the loss uh, there, but I, I really don't know if I'm being honest. All right. And then they're going to bring Akron to town and then bring Florida um, to play at home as well. So. I got two more wins there. I have two wins as well. The the win over Florida is sketchy, though. It right? is. Uh, but anyway, bye week, and then they go at LSU, and then they bring Bama to town. Uh, I got to losing both. So do I. Uh, and then they're going to play UT Martin, who was 10-3 and in the FCS last year, number 12 in the coaches poll this year. And Kentucky both come to Rocky Top. I got two more wins. Same here. Uh, and then they play at Georgia. I got a pretty easy loss there. Same here. Finish off the season kind of soft. You got Missouri at South Carolina and at Vanderbilt. Um, I have them beating Missouri, losing at South Carolina, and then beating Vanderbilt.
1: I have the same thing. Uh, so I have this team eight and four, but the under seven and a half or plus plus one thirty five is actually my favorite value play, uh, just because I have them eight and four. I mean, they could they could very easily lose that pit like we talked about. They could lose the home game to Florida. They could lose the home game to Kentucky. So, I mean, they could lose to Missouri even. There's a lot of losable games on that schedule. But the games I do have them losing, like at LSU, they're not winning that. They're not beating Alabama. They're not winning at Georgia. Maybe that South Carolina game. But, you know, I'm really actually, even though I have made four, I'm really comfortable on that under actually that
0: was my initial reaction so i have them seven and five as well and, and and yeah that was my initial reaction i i am on the under it was part of like my top 25 plays of the year and then i just kind of backed off of it i don't i don't i just don't fully know what to make of this team i i don't know if they can truly compete at the highest level i don't know what to make of a team that could score 60 points a game but give up 70 it's always hard for me to like it is figure that shit out um I mean, you got to play Alabama every single year, so that sucks. you got Georgia, um, Florida. So, like, those teams are all on the schedule at LSU. So, I, I don't know. You play a lot of tough teams. It does make me lean under, um, but not a lot of confidence for me.
1: Scary thing, too, is with that defense. So, that de- defense was 122nd in passing last year, 99th in total defense. But against Bowling Green and Tennessee Tech, they gave up a combined six points, which means the rest of their games, their defense got absolutely yeah. shelled. It was just those two garbage games yeah. that they, you know.
0: Yeah, I it's, I, that's, I, don't that's think right. Heupel's going to have a very long, successful tenure if he doesn't fix that. No, no. Um, so, all right, I'll do another difficult team, <laughs> the Arkansas Razorbacks. They bring back 62% of their production from a year ago, good for 79th in the country. Recruiting wise, pretty consistent in the low, like mid to low 20s, uh, but towards the end of the conference every single year for the last three years. Transfer portal, a surprising number 10 in the country, which that surprises me for like Sam Pittman doesn't seem like it would be a great portal coach. And like Arkansas doesn't seem like a team like everybody's running to transfer to. So very interesting there. Uh, Five back on offense, seventh rushing offense from a year ago, 27th total, four back on defense, 39th scoring. 40, Forty first for 41st against the pass and 50th total so uh real well-rounded what do, what do you see here
1: yeah so they have kJ jefferson back uh with six so i guess five other than him back on offense uh none of the receivers that they have listed as starters were starters last year however uh, these guys are all talented they do, they do have a lot of talent they have four out of five offensive linemen back uh a thing i like to see you know here the thing that kind of sets kj jefferson apart and a thing that I kind of like about him is when you have these dual threat quarterbacks. I hate the dual threat quarterbacks that that when they throw the ball, they they get intercepted or, or they make poor choices, stuff like that. Yeah, they're not really dual threat, <laughs> right? I mean, KJ you know, Jefferson, he legitimately is. Yeah, he threw he threw for twenty six hundred yards last year, which is fine because he rushed for four, or six sixty four. But he threw for twenty one touchdowns and only four interceptions. Now that's what I like to see. The guys that don't turn the ball over, they can run and they can pass. Uh the, the when you start getting over ten interceptions and stuff like that, then you're like, okay, you, you can throw, but it's like you're not that good at it. And he's also on,
0: not your little like five foot eight scrambling quarterback. I mean, what's his? He's six four, six
1: three, two yeah. forty five. He's big. He's big. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's real he's built like a linebacker. Exactly. So, and so what's what's the sizes on their their wide receivers?
1: Wide receiver six two two oh nine six three two eleven six three one ninety three. Yeah, big, big Scissors. receivers. This is a big. Yeah, it's a big team. Their offensive line all goes over three hundred pounds. Shortest one is six foot four. Right tackle Dalton Wagner is six foot nine, three hundred and thirty seven pounds. Yeah. My God, feeding them those hogs out there! Yeah, <laughs> and then you, you transfer in
0: transfer in Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma. That's a big get at wide receiver. That that's is definitely part of the reason that they're number ten in the country in the transfer portal. Um, Bumper Pool is an absolute star at the linebacker position. Um, they transfer in a linebacker um, that was former five star recruit Drew Sanders uh, from Alabama. So that's huge. Um, D line, they're young, they're young on the D line. Their entire front seven is kind of like a lot of new guys, but they're young with big expectations. Transfers in from uh LSU, Georgia Tech, Bama, like I mentioned. So they got a lot of power five, good SEC talent, like oddly enough, uh, coming in. So, um, the secondary has a ton of experience too. And uh, they're 41st against the pass last year, so um, I- I'm kind of optimistic here,
1: yeah, me too. And you know, would see it's a kind of a contradiction because you know you were talking about their defensive line being young now now my what i looked off of had senior senior junior on the defensive line and it said they were thin at that position which is telling me that they brought in some guys where they have high expectations from younger guys which doesn't sound too thin to me yeah so i think that uh, i think this team's going to be just fine and they could they could uh, surprise some people like they did last year
0: all right, so let's get into it. An uh, interesting start to the season. Uh, Cincinnati comes, comes to town, then South Carolina, and Missouri State with Bobby Petrino. Uh, that eight is interesting. And four in the FCS last year. They were a playoff team, and they're 14th in the country uh, in the FCS level in 2022. Obviously, the big one there, the Cincinnati game, these two teams are I basically think they're almost identical teams. They're they're pretty much graded out the same for me. Yeah, Uh, I got Arkansas winning because they're at home, and I have them taking care of South Carolina and Missouri State as well.
1: Yeah, I have them starting off three and zero. That Cincinnati game is tricky, but uh, you know Cincinnati's got some new stuff out there, and it's it's tough to travel down south for that week one. So I I got them three and zero. Oh, all right, and then they play this neutral
0: site game in Arlington, and, and I'm part of the problem in this world. With We'll get onto it when we talk about Texas A&M, but everybody thinks A&M is going to be a top three team every single year, and they never do anything to prove it. Um, but here I am, Arkansas won this exact same matchup at a neutral site last year, 20-10 to 10, over A&M, and for some reason I have them
1: losing it here. So I don't know. I have them losing that one. Yeah, so do I. So I have them starting off their 3-1. Uh, and one. All right, and then
0: they bring Alabama to town. Now, this game is before Texas A&M for Alabama. Nick Saban, not known to look ahead to different games. I do understand that. However, he hates Jimbo Fisher. He's going to be locked in on that A&M game. Um, And Bama only won this game by seven last year. Now, they beat Arkansas 15 straight times. But you're talking about a very physical team with something that uh, Nick Saban does struggle with from time to time, which is a mobile dual-threat quarterback. I think Arkansas can hang with Alabama in the trenches as much as like anybody can actually hang with Alabama in the trenches. I think this is a little bit of a look ahead spot for Alabama, and I think uh, I think Arkansas is going to be absolutely lit for this game. I think the crowd's going to be going nuts. I'm
1: taking the upset. Ooh, I like it. That's a good pick. I mean, it's it's definitely a spot where Alabama could falter. Uh, it's a, you made a lot of good points there. Uh, I am going to give Arkansas the loss here to Alabama, but uh, it's going to be a close physical game for sure. All right, and then two straight road games after that.
0: They go at Mississippi State, homecoming for Mississippi State, and then they go at BYU, homecoming
1: for BYU. What do you have there? Uh, I have them splitting that. I do have them uh, winning at Mississippi State, but then dropping that game at BYU out in that eye. creep central, but out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have them losing the Mississippi state. Cause I just had them
0: beat Alabama, obvious hangover spot. Then you got to go on the road and play in Starkville. So that's tough. Um, and then you're going out to Provo for their homecoming second leg of a back to back. You're going to hear us talk about this matchup a lot. This is already like my favorite game of the year. I'm stoked about this game. SEC teams don't travel route. Well, you're going up that elevation out there in Nowheresville for Arkansas. They have no business going to Utah as a state. No, so it's creepy. It's homecoming for BYU. This is one of my favorite games of the year already. BYU is going to win in that game, hands down, hundred
1: percent. They are, and I, I, I hope they beat. I hope Arkansas beats Alabama before that, and I hope we could get that that money line up oh, high yeah. and, and take BYU there. Oh, especially if they beat A and M too. Oh. Yeah, I mean the. Ghost of Brigham Young with his 37 wives are gonna <laughs> yeah. be out there just throwing shit at these players. Yeah, Warren Jeffs is gonna be coming out of prison for that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. BYU is winning that game. That that's you know, out of all the the close games, that was one that we talked about before we even started doing this, that was one of our favorites. Yeah. I mean,
0: remember last year, my my big pick of the preseason was uh FAU going to Air Force bet Air Force no matter what the spread is, and it crushed, you know. You know, <laughs> what this else? is the one for this year. Yeah.
1: You know what else we had? We had Pitt beating Clemson last yes. year, except for we thought Clemson was going to be 11 and 1. Yeah. That is their only loss. Yeah. It actually
0: turned out to not be that impressive. <laughs> right. But, and Pitt the At the, the time. It was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, after the bye week, they go to bye week after BYU. Then they go at Auburn. They bring Liberty to town, and then they bring LSU to town. I got three straight wins, but that's a that's a tricky stretch. I could definitely see them dropping at least one in that stretch.
1: I have them losing that Auburn game uh, at Auburn, and I do have them beating Liberty at LSU, and I. Man, what a schedule this team has! That's a it's a tough schedule. It is a really tough schedule. Um, I mean, because you're playing Liberty and Cincinnati out of conference, like yeah, and then you're and playing Missouri State too, I and mean, Missouri you know? State, and then you're you know you play Alabama. Like this is Alabama, LSU. You know, this is yeah
0: BYU so,
1: being the BYU, other BYU is the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, so you play Cincinnati, BYU, and Liberty. Three of the best, uh, you know, non-power five teams. And then you play. Uh, I,
0: I know the SEC like protects their top tier teams with their scheduling. I, I everybody knows that. Arkansas is probably the team that I see them butt fuck the most every they single do. year. They do. They really do every single year. Um. So yeah, uh, I have um beating Ole Miss and losing at Missouri to end the season.
1: I have them winning both of those games to go eight and four. Uh, I have a slight lean on the over seven and a half because it's the plus one twenty five. But like I was just saying, I mean that's a that's a really tough schedule, and there's a lot of those games that aren't that aren't gimmies at all.
0: No, I mean the one thing I've, I kind of failed to mention it. The one thing that makes me like like they got LSU and Ole Miss back to back at home, which you know that kind of seems like a stretch that a that an Arkansas team would split, but um, especially since Ole Miss beat this team by like three touchdowns last year. But uh, the both of those games follow Bama for their opponents, and and you right. know the stat so. I really do like that spot because of that. That gives me a little more confidence. I'm also at 8-4 on this team. I am on the over at plus 125. I don't love it, but uh, I don't know. I like this team. All right, so moving on to the Ole Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin's bunch. Uh, Returning production-wise, not great. Um, And and recruiting is actually not as great as I would expect from Lane Kiffin either. He's been 12th in the conference two of the last three years. 2021, he did jump up to 17th in the nation, sixth in the conference. Transfer portal, however, a super Lane Kippen thing to do. He's number two in the country in the transfer portal. Last year, this team won 10 games. They went 10 and 2. This year, Lane Kippen back for year three, 15 and 8 uh, all-time at, at Ole Miss as a coach. So uh
1: what do you see in here? Uh I mean, they obviously they lost uh coral at quarterback, they lost uh Drummond at wide receiver, they lost Ely at running back. So, I mean they lost. All kinds of star power. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, is a big-time receiver. But other than that, they pretty much lost everything on offense. Uh, They do have a strong secondary defensively. uh, Got a lot of talent from the portal, like you said. Uh, They lost a defensive lineman in the second round, though, to the NFL draft. So um, I don't like this team as much as I like Arkansas. However, I think their road is a bit easier than Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I mean, they bring in Jackson Dart to, from uh, USC to replace Matt Corral, so that's interesting. Running back, they, like, massively upgraded. They brought Zach Evans in from TCU and Ulyss- Ulysses uh, Grant in from SMU. <laughs> yeah, that is huge. <laughs> U- Ulysses Bentley IV. Um So, yeah, definitely a double-headed monster there, so I really like that. Um, Jordan Watkins comes in from Louisville. I only remember him because of uh, fantasy football. He's pretty talented defensively all mac linebacker troy brown comes in from central michigan good get there uh former four-star Jaden ivy from georgia tech transfers in auburn defensive tackle j.j pegasus comes in i don't know how to say it but um (laughs) iowa state which matt campbell was flipping out about lane kiffin tampering which i definitely believe lane kiffin would tamper oh yeah so uh they snag a strong safety from there. cornerback from uh Auburn, Ladarius Tennyson, he's coming in. Um, all these guys look to be starting. So completely rebuilt defense. Let's let's see what we think. Vegas says over under seven and a half. Over is at minus one thirty. Under is at plus one ten. They start off the season. They bring Troy and Central Arkansas to town. I got two wins. I got two wins at Georgia Tech, and then they bring Tulsa into Oxford. I got two more wins. Two more wins for me. Too. Super tough non-conference game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they bring uh, Kentucky in for homecoming, and they go at Vanderbilt. I got two more wins. I have two more wins, too. So, like I said, I don't really like
1: this team that much. But I have them <laughs> six 6-0, and 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 yeah. And
0: then they bring Auburn to town, which is the second leg of a back-to-back for Auburn. I got another win. Me, too. So, I got them 7-0. 7-0. and 0. Seven and, 0. and then things get a little tough. They go at LSU. They go at a Now, these are both teams they beat last year, but I do have
1: them losing both games. I have them losing both, too.
0: By week and then they bring Bama to town this is the second leg of a back-to-back for alabama so interesting but i got them taking the loss same here and then at arkansas and bring mississippi to town for the egg ball at the end of the season i got a loss and a win
1: yeah i have a loss at arkansas and then i do have them picking up the win against mississippi state uh yeah a lot of these losses these are games that they won last year very interesting it is uh
0: eight and four is what i have them that is technically the over however with all the new shit I'm going to go under at the plus 110 because it's really hard to pick what to make out of this team. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. I went under uh, seven and a half. So now we're up at one of the more interesting teams in the conference, the Texas A&M Aggies. Total production, 61% comes back from a year ago. That's good for 84th in the country. Um, Recruiting-wise, this team's been doing as good as you can do, and then especially this, this last year. 2022 is just the best recruiting class of all time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Yeah, sixth in the co- country, uh, fourth in the conference in 2020. 2021, they were eighth in the country, fourth in the conference, and then 2022, like we said, first and first, and like first all time. Transfer portal, surprisingly, not that great. 104th in the country. So uh, much more effort put into recruiting, then transferring players. Jimbo Fisher's back for year five. He's 34 and 14, all time. Uh, at Texas A&M, one hundred and uh, seventeen and thirty-seven all time. What do you see there, Mike?
1: Yeah, so on offense, uh, they're going to go with uh, Haynes King or Max Johnson. What's going on with Max Johnson? Something. He's Brad Johnson's son, is he? But I don't think anything. uh maybe not. Maybe maybe that was uh, Miles Brennan. Miles the, Brennan, the who, who did retire? Yeah, he, he did, did retire, retire today about, <laughs> <laughs> about an hour before we started the podcast. Uh, so one of those two is going to be the quarterback. Uh they're gonna bring back, and I don't really know the pronunciation, uh Devin Achain. Is it chain or how do you say it? Acne? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh Akane. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I can I don't know. Maybe. Um he he's good though. He is good. Uh, he actually uh outperformed Isaiah Spiller last year. Uh 910 yards rushing, averaged seven yards per carry with nine touchdowns. Uh so he is a really good running back. Uh they have uh, three starters back on the offensive line, but they did lose an All-American offensive lineman, so uh, might be a slight step back. Uh, they they do have a, a true freshman starting at left tackle. Uh, defense, they were 14th in the country last year. They have five back. The very interesting thing is three out of their four starting defensive linemen are freshmen. However, all three of the oh, all four of those guys are five-star former five-star recruits. And some of the best in the country, some top, top tier recruits. Yeah, I think they brought in seven five stars like on the D line alone. It's insane. <laughs> uh they have they have a good linebacking crew, they have a, a good and experienced secondary. Uh, so it's gonna be, I mean, if that if that defensive line plays up to expectations for if if those guys do, that secondary is good enough. I mean, you might you might see that pass defense be top ten, top five in the country. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a, a very, I guess, I guess, well, it's a wait and see game and we're going to have to wait a few weeks in order to, to get some competition, uh, to see what that defensive line can do. So here's what worries me about this team. And everybody keeps
0: telling me that this is like a 10 win team. This is a top 10 team, top five, possibly in the country. Everybody's on that, but they're on that with AM like every single year. Um, from what I've seen so far, Max Johnson, Haynes King, neither one of them has ever impressed me any time I've seen them play. Haynes King uh, started as the starter here last year and, and never did anything great. I, I remember watching him against Colorado, and they honestly, they should have lost that game against Colorado. Yeah. Wide receiver, they don't have any experience. They have young talent, though. Evan Stewart's a five-star freshman. He's slotted to start. He's supposed to be fucking sweet. Um, you know, Running back, I think they are set pretty well there with him. But then you go to the D-line, which is like that was their strength last year. Now they lose Mike Elko as head coach or uh, defensive coordinator. He's now head coach of Duke. So one of the best defensive coordinators going right now is gone. You do bring in D.J. Durkin, who I do like. Um, did D.J. Durkin kill that guy at Maryland? Was that him? I think so. <laughs> I think it was him. Right. And then Matt Canada replaced him. But yeah. he was he was doing a hell of a job he at, was. At, at Maryland. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's another coach in the SEC that has killed a man. So we're at like four (laughs) and like Saban, you know, he's untouchable. (laughs) So we don't know his body count. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's like a lot of the pieces are there, but I don't know. You can't be in this side of the conference in the best conference in the entire FBS and tell me that you're just chucking a bunch of freshmen out there. Like I know they're five stars, but I I don't know. It's going to take a minute. So I don't know if I'm buying into the hype as much as everyone else. Vegas is buying into the hype. Eight and a half is the over under. The over is minus 150. So they are pretty stoked on nine or more wins. The under is plus 130. Um, now, here, the non conference, it's again not all that great. Not terrible, but not great. So they're going to start off with 11 and 1 FCS playoff team from a year ago. Sam Houston, number four in the country uh, in the coaches' poll this year. Um, and then they have App State, always a great G5 team coming to town. And then Miami, always a very overrated team coming to town. Um, <laughs> I got three straight wins.
1: Yeah, you know, that is tricky. Like, those are some tricky spots for them. I'm going to tell like, you right now, I don't think Miami's a gimme. No, and I don't think I, – I, with all those freshmen out there, I mean, they're start. they're projected to start – one, two, three, four, five, six freshmen are projected to start. Like, I don't think App State's a me either. No, I, I don't either. And um, honestly, like, no, they're not going to lose to Sam Houston State. But, like, that game could be kind of close. Like, Sam Houston State's sweet. I, I remember, I mean, in addition to barely beating Colorado, who's
0: one of the worst teams in all of college football, like, right now, they're not yeah, good. Yeah. And they weren't good last year. They barely beat them. And then I remember Kent State hanging around for, like, a half last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you flipped, like if you flip those three teams to later in the season, like I would probably be more confident in three wins. And I have them three wins to start off the season. I do. But I'm not like, I don't be shocked if they lose one of those games. I really
0: wouldn't be either, but I am the same way. I do have them starting off 3-0. and And then for some reason, I have them beating. God damn it. I have him beating Arkansas in Arlington, um, who they lost to last year. So I have them starting off 4 0. I, I don't know why. I do too. I haven't been in that game also. But then they're going to go on the road back to back weeks. They go at Starkville to play Mississippi State, and they go uh, to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. We already know Nick Saban's going to beat the shit out of Jimbo Fisher, uh, like literally and like metaphorically in this <laughs> game. Um, But I also have them losing in that look-ahead spot to Mississippi State. Mississippi State beat them last year. I thought I'm getting them again.
1: Yeah, I have two losses there as well. Now, something to keep an eye on, if they do pick up that Mississippi State win – uh, that Alabama line, I mean, if it's anything under like 17, I would take Bam. Oh, yeah. You know, I think they're going to destroy them, but I, I do think they lose before that. I think they, I think they drop both of them.
0: All right. And then I guess this is where it kind of evens out for me. This is where, so they go on a bye week and then they go at South Carolina. I do have them losing that game to South Carolina. So maybe that's just, I don't know, a little bit of
1: evening out from giving them all those wins to start. Right. Uh, I have a win against South Carolina, but, uh, you Know it's, uh, I'm not confident, I'm not that confident on it. All right, and
0: then they bring uh Ole Miss and Florida to college station, second leg of a back to back for Ole Miss. Ole Miss did beat them last year, but AM won the previous three. I got I, two wins,
1: I need two, And I'll tell you what, going back to South Carolina real quick, I remember we talked about before the podcast if uh, because I had South Carolina beating Georgia, I think they win one of those, either Georgia or Texas AM. I agree. Um but I did have Texas A&M beat them. I have I have Texas A&M beating Ole Miss in Florida as well.
0: All right, then they're going to go at Auburn, and then they bring uh
1: UMass to town oh. before they play LSU. The last game of the season, I got three wins then. The season, I do too. Again, tricky though. A couple tricky games. Not the UMass game, but the other two are tricky games. So uh, I do have this team ten and two uh, over eight and a half for minus one fifty. But I'm not betting. that. I'm not putting. Uh, because this team could very easily go eight and four and you'd be on the under. So I'm, I'm leaning over, but I'm not touching it. And
0: I'm kind of the opposite way. I have, I have them nine and three, but I'm leaning on the under again, probably not something I bet, but the second time I'm going through the schedule, I'm, I'm a little closer to saying I would bet this under than I was before. Plus Uh plus one thirty, I mean, it seems like a lot of hype for what's a, a tricky schedule and not a team that I feel very confident in at all.
1: Yeah, it's like a – it's a weird schedule because you see those first two games especially um, and, and then even the third game against Miami. Like you think, okay, well, the way Texas AM and is an SEC and they went 8-4 and four last year and this and that and this and that. But like, I don't know. This team has like all this talent, but they're all so young. Like I think – Yeah, give it two years and this team's going to be a juggernaut. Right. But like right now, like – I don't know. Like these guys have never played college football before. They're all young. Uh, There's a there's a lot of question. I mean, there's a question mark at quarterback. So I don't necessarily think that that these three games are gimmies in the least bit. No, and and if you lose
0: one of those first three games, uh, you know, namely either App State or Miami, you're probably
1: going under. You probably are. You know, especially I mean, you could very easily lose to Arkansas or LSU or both. You know, so yeah, it's it's a tricky one.
0: All right, so now on to the Georgia Bulldogs. Last year's uh, national champions, number one in the country in recruiting, number one in the conference, obviously, in 2020. 2021, number four in the country, number three in the conference. Um, Fourth in the country, three in the conference. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Uh, And then 2022, third in the country, third in the conference. (laughs) Uh, Transfer portal, I guess Kirby Smart's not into it. Them and the service academies are the only team that did not transfer in a single player as far as what I was looking at. So I got nothing in the transfer portal. Um, in 2021, they were 12 and 0 national champs, like we said. Uh, Kirby Smart back for year seven as head coach, 66 and 15 all time. You got seven
1: back on offense, three back on defense. Mike, what do you think? This team reminds me of A&M in a couple different ways. Uh, they have like, it's, it's different, but it's the same. Like they have a lot of unproven players, but they have a shit ton of talent. Uh, the only thing that really puts Georgia ahead is the the guys that they have coming back. Like they have, Nolan Smith uh, and Kaylee Ringo are both probably going to be first team All Americans. Right. Honestly, on defense, uh, Stenson Bennett is a proven quarterback. Uh, proven a sucker. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're like three or four deep on tight end. Brock Bowers being a you know another first team All American. So there's probably three at least three first team All Americans on this team but they have a lot of new pieces so uh they're the offensive line is pretty deep there uh just plenty of talent everywhere uh their top 3 running backs are gone so it's like guys they're they're kind of plugging in you know superstars you know guys that are supposed to be superstars but uh with their actual superstars but if they don't if they aren't up to snuff at the beginning of the season i mean three or four guys aren't going to win you a football game so I don't
0: know. No, no. Um, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I think this, this team is essentially going to be a slight step back from what they were a year ago. Um, that being said, like still to me, clearly the third most talented team in the nation right now. Um, but I think, you know, when I think of this team, I think of last year's Clemson team struggling as much as they did and how everybody shits all over Clemson. Georgia won the national championship last year, and that game was like 10-3. to 3. They barely beat Clemson, and that's that's kind of what I think about Georgia is that they poured on the shitty teams, but when they play good teams, I don't think they're going to blow anyone out. Um, for example, that first game against Oregon, I, I don't know. Anything could happen there. I'm picking Georgia, yeah, but like I would not be shocked at all if Oregon won that game. If that game was at a neutral site – oh
1: wait it is in, a neutral site. <laughs> in Atlanta
0: but it's in Atlanta <laughs> if that game was in a true neutral site say like Soldier Field or somewhere you know um I, I don't know in, in Vegas even or whatever I don't know somewhere in the middle of the country yeah um played it like Arrowhead or yeah something. whatever like Arrowhead that. that's what I was trying to think of off the top of my head and I couldn't but um yeah I, I, I don't know I mean that's anybody's ball game so it's, it's interesting. I'm not a big Stetson Bennett guy. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a game manager and he's really fucking boring. Um, I think running back's going to be fine. I think Macintosh and Kendall Milton are both going to step right up, pick up where Zamir White and James Cook left off last year. Brock Bowers, like you said, one of the best tight ends in the country. But Eric Gilbert is a hybrid wide receiver tight end. He missed all of 2021 for personal reasons. And from what I'm hearing, the the spring spring camps, he looked unbelievable. So... It could be a guy to watch, also on the outside um, or inside, depending on where he lines up. So um, defensively, I'm, I'm not going to hit it over the head too much. I, I think their defense is going to be fine. I think they're going to be good. I just don't think they're going to be quite as good as they were last year, where you couldn't run the ball on them at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you lose that many guys to the NFL, like you still have you still have a lot of studs on this team. But there are, I mean, you have you're starting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven sophomores on offense. That's just on offense and then three on defense. So, like, that Oregon game is really, really tricky. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia for the sake of the podcast. But, I mean, Oregon did go into Columbus and beat them last year. And I think I remember that we saw, and I think we already addressed it on the
0: Pac-12 conference one uh, preview. I think that line was like 18 and a half. Bet, bet yeah, Oregon. bet Oregon for sure. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Definitely bet Oregon. And and, and they're not – Dan Landing didn't leave on bad terms. Kirby Smart's not going to run it up on him. Right. Um, all right, so then Samford will be after that. Uh, that's a win. Yeah. Then at South Carolina, that's where you have not taking an L, right? I do
1: have them losing that game, yeah. I, I, I like the spot for – uh I like the spot for South Carolina there, and I'm going to take them, uh, give Georgia their first loss in quite some time. All right. Yeah, so I I got them winning that game,
0: but I, I definitely do like that spot. I could absolutely see that happening, especially with Rattler. Um, anything could really happen. All right, then Kent State comes to town, and then they go at Missouri. I got them winning both of those pretty easily. I have two wins. And then Auburn and Vanderbilt come down to Athens. I got two more fairly easy wins there. Same here. Bye week, and then it's the uh, big rivalry against Florida that's not really exciting anymore. And then they bring Tennessee to Athens as well. Two more wins. Same here. All right, and then here's your second stretch where you got to look out. They got at Mississippi State in Starkville, and then
1: at Kentucky up in Lexington, I got them losing that second leg of that back to back to Kentucky. Yeah, that's not a bad bet. I have them winning both of those, being that I had them lose at South Carolina, but it's it's not a gimme at all. I mean,
0: who's a team that could play physical offense and defense and, and hang in there? And then you got a decently long road trip.
1: Yeah. Well, you got like LSU and Alabama. Oh, they don't play either one of them <laughs> yeah, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah because Alabama their cross division rivals Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> that's such bullshit. I hate that cross division rivalry. It's, it's just, stupid. It's so fake, it's so forced. Yeah, Georgia Tech and Clemson. Yeah, that's a super good yeah. cross division yeah. <laughs> rivalry there. <laughs> and then Georgia Tech gets to play uh Clemson and Georgia every year too. Yeah. Speaking of Georgia Tech, they, they get Georgia on the second leg of the back-to-back for Georgia Tech, so that's pretty cool. Uh yeah. Georgia wins easily there. Yes. So I got them 11 and 1. I have them 11 and 1 as well. However, one of the reasons that it gets so boring from a betting perspective is that the over under is set at 10 and a half, the over is minus 205, the under is plus 165. So you really, unless you're gonna throw like thousands and thousands of dollars at it to make it worth your while, the only thing you could really bet is the under. So whatever.
1: Yeah, like I was I was saying before the podcast, uh the only one of those, because there's three of those, and the only one of those that I would bet is Ohio State. No, K State's one of those too. <laughs> well and Kansas State is one of <laughs> those. Really, uh, and Kansas State is also one of those, which I would I would I would take that as well. Um, but but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it for an SEC team. I'm not gonna do it for Georgia, who you know, especially when they play Oregon at a conference. I mean if they if they lose that Oregon game, then they just have, they just have to lose one more game, and they're not going to make it. But at the same time, like they won the national championship last year, so like they could you know they could go undefeated again. Like I don't know, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I think I think the Ohio State one is pretty much unbettable unless you're taking the over, right. Um, Kansas State, I, I, I like. I'm super strong on that over. It's just it's stupid to bet it because it's not like an absolute lock. Like it's just right. It's, it's a it lock for like you and me because right, you know. But like, who the fuck's taking the 200 that isn't like a die-hard college football? Yeah. Um, but the Alabama ones where it really becomes like truly unbettable. I, I'm okay with the under plus 165 on this one. No, I'm not really gonna bet it. But I wouldn't be surprised with all the new shit. And like you said, if they lose against Oregon. So, I mean, that's the side I'm on. It's just I'm not going to bet it. Now on the one that I, I actually, like, really just have no play unless I was chucking thousands at it, uh, Alabama. So, um, recruiting, you know, first or second in the country, the conference every single year. Um, returning production-wise, uh, nothing overly special, but it's an Alabama team. We know they reload. Uh, 2021, they were 11-1 SEC champs, uh, national championship runner-ups. Nick Saban back for year sixteen as head coach. He is one hundred and eighty three and twenty five at Alabama, two hundred and seventy four and sixty seven all time as a head coach. Five back on offense, seven back on defense. Mike, what you think Oh, six in the transfer portal too. Right, <laughs> <You're> ridiculous.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean they they have uh, obviously Bryce Young coming back. They brought in Jermaine Burton from uh, Georgia, Gibbs from Georgia Tech. I mean, all going to be superstars. Uh, there's, uh, it's looking like. Three or no, four on the three out of the four or three out of the five on the offensive line uh coming back. Uh they have a tighter tight end uh Cameron Latou, coming back. Uh so the offense should be. I mean, they were seventh last year in the country. They should probably be around the same. Uh defensively, they have seven back on defense this year, which is not typical of an Alabama team. No. Uh seventh defense in the country last year, uh, led by All American and uh, Heisman hopeful Will Anderson. Um, I mean, there's
0: 17
1: and a half sacks,
0: 34
1: and a half tackles for loss. So that's insane. Are fucking video game numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they bring back, uh, Dallas Turner, who's probably going to be a first round pick someday. Jordan battle could possibly be a first round pick someday. I mean, the defense is unbelievable. Um, you got uh, one more
0: linebacker. Let me, let me hear you say his name.
1: Henry two Oh two Oh,
0: Toe-O um, Toe-O.
1: Yeah. Uh, but my but my second favorite player in uh college football. Kool-Aid right McKinstry? Kool-Aid McKinstry. <laughs> my first is uh uh Louisiana Monroe receiver uh Boogie Knight. And then my second is uh Kool-Aid McKinstry at cornerback He's actually supposed to be really good. Um well being that he's starting as a sophomore in Alabama, I would assume so. And he's projected third team all conference, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team is absolutely stacked. Uh, I, I really like that, you know, for an Alabama team to bring back seven on defense, and the defense was all, all, already stud, but then you have, like, the, the Heisman-Ho quarterback, too, and, and guys that to throw are too. The team is really good. Really so this team has a
0: couple of these spots, and, like, I keep, I keep mentioning it, and it's uh, – uh, guys, keep an eye out. I'm going I'm, I'm to be on an up- upcoming episode of the college experience with Colby Dance. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you know what that is. Uh, I'm going to be on the UTSA preview, so uh, catch that. We'll be repping coastal covers over there. Um, But there's something that he really, like, gets on, and it's it's all these players that you're seeing using this transfer portal to go to rivals, and there was a guy that, like, gave him a three-star review because he said, like, it was ridiculous that they're, like, so upset. He called them boomers. And said that they get so upset for players being emancipated from schools. (laughs) He said it it makes him so mad when they go on about it that he almost wrecked his car. Like he got real upset about it, real buttered. Um, It made me think of it because you have Jermaine Burton coming from Georgia. Yeah. You have Eli Ricks coming from LSU. Like you got two right here coming to your fucking arch rivals. Like, what are you? Do it, man. Yeah, like it pisses me off too. I'm with Colby and, and Patty C on that one. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Like, just go somewhere else, I right? <laughs> I don't get it. Eli Ricks, that's a big pickup. That, that is, I didn't to mention stud. him done. Yeah, um, and now he's going to be opposite Colin McKinstry. So,
1: yeah,
0: my, my, yeah, a lot, a lot of good things coming back. I mean, obviously, the Heisman transfer, Jameer Gibbs is a huge get. Um. The thing with me, I think, and it really plays into my play at Arkansas, is the O-line returns three, but they have two new offensive tackles, which, which is worrisome. So you have a not an overly physical running back. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is more of a threat in the passing game. He's a quick guy, really good running back, but not overly physical. And you have an O-line with two new tackles. And I don't see – I mean, Jameer Burton, yes, he's going to be good, but I don't see the names at wide receiver yet – We've already covered it a couple of times in this conference alone, a couple of Alabama wide receivers that have booked it. So um, I think it's going to be interesting early. So let's get into it. Over, under, 10 and a half, over is minus 230, under is plus 185. You start off the season, you bring Utah State to town, and then you play at Texas. Uh, those two teams haven't played since the 2010 BCS championship when um, Colt McCoy got hurt. Well, it probably would have been a better game if it wasn't for that. Right. <laughs> um I'm more confident in Utah State keeping the game within three touchdowns than I am Texas. Yeah, same
1: here. I have them both. as pretty easy wins.
0: And then ULM comes to town. uh, Another win. Yeah, it's a win. Vanderbilt on the second leg of a
1: back-to-back. Another win. Another win. So Boogie Knight's going to go up against Clay McKinstry (laughs) in that game. That's that's, that's that's fucking sweet. That's sweet. Uh, Game (laughs) of the year.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. And then it's the game that I picked. It's it's at Arkansas. Um, It's right before the A&M game. Like I said, uh, I think – It's just possible that Nick Saban could be overlooking this one. Two new tackles on the O-line. I think Arkansas is going to be able to get dirty in the trenches with them. I'm going to take the upset just for funsies, whatever. I'm calling it right now. So I got the
1: loss and then a win over
0: Texas A&M.
1: Yeah, I like the pick. Um, It's definitely a possibility. I did go two wins there. I went went win at Arkansas, win against Texas A&M, though.
0: All right, and then they go at Tennessee and bring uh, Mississippi State to town for homecoming. I got two more wins. Same here. By week at LSU and then at Ole Miss on the second leg of a back to back. Yeah, that's
1: that's a little bit tricky. Uh, I do have two wins though.
0: I have two wins as well. Um, so you know, just for you guys keeping score, like the only places that they could lose, whatever. Austin Pay, Auburn, uh, both wins, right? Yeah. So Auburn, yeah, you can make an argument there, but I think they're separated by a lot more than they have been for the last few years. Um, I think your only two spots you could lose are at Arkansas or potentially either the LSU or Ole Miss game. I think that's really it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. So uh, over under 10 and a half, that's, that overs 230. It's so stupid. I, I have Alabama 12 and those, so, I mean, I guess I would go over, but – Uh, I thought, like, the under is unbettable because, like, why would you you bet the under when they'd have to lose two games? Like, that's just, like, I guess they could, but that's stupid. They're not going to. No. So, I don't know. Like, they just, like, just make it 11 so, like, you can get some some push push money. money, You know what I mean? Like, because if you make it 11, then Vegas could still, if they win 11 – then Vegas will make all this money on pushes. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like, why not just do that? It's so stupid. And then you can catch, you know, people with, with whatever. But, uh, yeah. So I mean, I guess over, but that's not. Yeah. betting it. I have them eleven and one. But
0: same, same, same here. No way. Yeah. Um. All right. So your favorite play?
1: My favorite play was LSU, which is one of my favorite plays in the, uh, in the whole country, and it was your favorite play. In yeah, the whole country, wasn't it? yeah. Same as he's over
0: seven at minus one twenty. It's my favorite play. Out of all 131 that we have now done, uh, your favorite value?
1: Uh, My favorite value is that under 7.5 for Tennessee at plus 135, even though I did have them win eight games. uh, I think it's very, very likely that they could lose either at Pitt or at home to Florida or at home to Kentucky. And if they lose any of those three games, that would put them at the under.
0: All right, and I got Florida under 7 for plus 110 on the money. Um, I just think it's first year in the SEC for uh, Billy Napier. That team really quit on Dan Mullen at the end of the year last year. I think it's going to take a little bit to get some Florida culture going. However, I am pulling for Billy Napier to turn the program around. I don't like Florida, but I like when Florida's good. Sometimes it's fun when teams I hate are good. It's fun to root against them, It so. is. And it's not fun to root against them when they're fucking irrelevant. <laughs> right. So um, let's see. Let's get it done, Billy Napier. Okay, guys, that does it for our conference previews. Uh, we have now picked 131 over-unders we have given you plays on, which means our next episode is going to be uh, basically a review uh, so you could study for the final. All right? <laughs> We're giving you all of our favorite plays. So we're going to sync up, uh, figure out what we had the same, talk about it, give you a couple ones that we had different, but we still love them. Uh, and we're going to give you all our favorite over-unders. That should be dropping by this weekend. This episode obviously came out early um, and then after that, we are going to give you our picks for the conferences, who we think is going to win every single conference, and then a couple long shots in each conference that we like. And then we are going to do a mock 16 uh, team playoff. Uh, I'm really yeah. excited about uh, that's, that.
1: That's going to be awesome. There's, uh, you know, there's definitely some interest. We did uh, eight. We're going to do eight conference champions and eight at-larges.
0: Yeah, so um, sorry, Mac. Sorry, Conference USA. You do not get anybody in. (laughs) You're not good enough. It's a little too – I mean, you know, yeah, if I were to have my ideal playoff, every conference champion would be represented.
1: Right. But
0: we're trying to be realistic to what we think maybe they can do there, uh, what they can bear, you know, at the committee level to do that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, AAC, Mountain West, and Sunbelt will be represented, plus the five Power Five champions – and then eight at-larges, just our next eight uh, highest-rated teams that we had uh, projected for the end of the season. So really excited to bring you that. There's some really cool matchups. We're going to play a little bit of make believe. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that will be our next couple episodes that we're bringing you, and then it will be the picks before the season starts next year. Next year, next season, next week next is week. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so really
1: excited about that. Um, anything to add? No, I don't think so. Uh, Coastal Covers 24 on Twitter. Give us a follow. And uh, yeah, I mean, shout out. That's awesome. You got to do the show with uh, Colby, you know? Yeah, we had had a
0: great time talking Roadrunner football. Um, Definitely check that out. I actually ended up liking the Roadrunners a lot more um, from an over-under standpoint than I did before. And Colby actually had a really good point. A little spoiler alert. But um, he said, uh, and I do have them winning the conference, the Conference USA. I do too. You know, the over under for for them is like plus 130 but the the conference odds are like plus two something 220 maybe okay and
1: that's like more lockable than the over for them it is. because they're going to win that conference well i, I have them losing to oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. but then beating them in the conference championship right so yeah.
0: it, i have them just getting
1: it done yeah so in that case i you know it would be more beneficial for me to have them win the conference because I would technically have them going under for the for the season.
0: You know? Right, right. Well, shout out to College Football Experience and Colby D over there. Thanks for having me on. Check out that episode. Check out all our other episodes. Check out the episodes to come. Uh, we are going to keep rolling around through the season, give you picks every single week. Uh, like we said, over-unders are coming up. I am on Twitter at GCG underscore wins, by the way, and we will see you next week.